Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Tony Todd, a.k.a. Candyman, Not Living Dead, Final Destination. You're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Podcast is episode number 212. Tonight we're talking about Candyman and Night to Living Dead remake. I'm one of your co-hosts. We have Todd, Sam, Steven, and Joe. Boys and girl, what's up? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Missed out fire too. Guess guest starring. Yes. <laughs> Football came. Football's gone. Super Bowls two weeks from now. People are upset. People are happy. Depending on who you talk to. Got Bengals versus the uh, freaking Rams. So who you guys got? Um, I, I'm gonna go Rams this year um, because I prefer the Bengals to win. So I figure it's more of a win-win if if it's like a consolation prize if the Rams win. So I get to give you guys some shitty movie. I'm gonna go with the Rams. I got two Rams. I'm All going right. Bengals due to uh, geographical location. I'm gonna take. I'll jump on the Bengals train with you then, Todd, just to even it up. Because I, I like. I, I was saying off the air. This. I really feel like this Super Bowl could go either way this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am sort of rooting for Matthew Stafford though, because like he's been in the league 13 years and he had to deal with uh, the Detroit Lions for all those years. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'll go with the Bengals because let's even it up and uh, let's uh, go through. I think it'd be three years in a row for me and Todd. So yeah. <laughs> And uh, Absolutely. let's go Bengals. Yeah, for sure. For the listeners who uh, you know are, are newer or didn't listen in the last few years, uh, so we do a Super Bowl bet every year where the winners get to choose like the worst horror movie and force the losers to watch it and then review it on uh, a what watch like a couple weeks later. So that's what we're doing, and uh, let's see what happens. I'm zero two, but Kansas City was. You know the the team that fucked me the last two years. Once because I bet with them, and once because I bet with <laughs> against them. So they're not there to mess me up. So hopefully, works out better this year. Mm-hmm. I think Bengals got yeah. all the momentum. I think they're gonna take it. They're the road team, road warriors. They beat the number one and two seeds, and they yep. beat Mahomes because yep. Mahomes can suck it. So come on, Todd. Bengals. Mahomes a little turd. He sounds like Kermit the Frog. Come on. Hey, yo, we're going to go a wheel route on this play, guys. Get it, Tyreek. Hater. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's, I, I kind of agree with you, Todd, but I don't know. The Rams have been looking pretty good, too, there. So they were, it's they were one good, drop pick away from a loss, a heartbreaking. I, yeah, 49 dropped that. I'm like, oh, no. But yeah, the interception well, the ban- The Bengals were one. If Mahomes was on, I mean, that game was would have been over. So. Yeah. You know, it's, it'll be very fun. And I, I don't know like that. if we do win. Yeah, if we do win, I have no idea what I'm going to pick. So I'm I'm, gonna have to I'm thinking from Justin to Kelly from uh, <laughs> American Idol. <laughs> All right. <laughs> In other non-horror related news, uh, we watched Royal Rumble this weekend. And I, I am completely out of the wrestling game. Like, I don't really watch it anymore, except for maybe like Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, because they're like the two biggest wrestling events of the year. But man, it was it was bad. Like, I, I don't know, like what, what the fan base is saying about it. Like, but 
uh steve i know you're more into the you're kind of a little more into it than i am well was i don't really watch it much anymore (laughs) the the people that i see on twitter you know they don't it's like they're not happy but they watch it so you know it's never going to change it is Mm -hmm. what it is Who's the star right now? Is it still John Cena or is he more? No, he's gone. It's Brock Lesnar and uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, they're they win every year. I know Brock from UFC. That's it. I didn't know he's a wrestler. He's a wrestler first. So he was a wrestler, went to the UFC, and then went back to wrestling. I was really disappointed this year because usually they bring back like classic wrestlers into the Rumble and they didn't bring like anyone back this year. Like instead they brought Johnny Knoxville and Bad Bunny. Right. (laughs) Apparently it's like a famous rapper, but. (laughs) Yeah, so they're promoting Jackass. So Uh, Brock Lesnar threw a wee man through a table at a restaurant. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. Is a Jackass Forever a theater movie for you guys? Is that a comfort of your own home movie? Uh, it would have been a theater movie if I still like had all my college buddies in the same city as I was, uh, just because it's that kind of just, you know, having fun like guys night. But here, no, I'm going to watch it all. <laughs> yeah, agreed. It, I've seen every other one in the theater, but I think this one I'll just wait. But I'm excited. I'm really excited to watch it. Those are all usually really good. So hopefully this one doesn't disappoint Mm-hmm. Can we also, before uh, we get into questions, I-, I need to hear everyone's thoughts on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer, um, because I have some thoughts about it, I, and we're going to be covering it, I know, in, in uh, two or three weeks, but uh, yeah, well, I mean, what everyone think, or should I say Halloween presents Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> Halloween 2018 presents Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I-, I turned it off about halfway because I was liking it, and I didn't want to see anything else. Mm. So I was I was digging it. So I didn't see the um, oh, what's her face from the freaking original. I just saw the memes online about it. Um, Sally, 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 Sally yeah. So yeah. whatever. I think Leatherface looks cool. It actually looks like a real severed face mask. And uh, mm-hmm. I saw it. You know, I didn't really see much because I turned it off because I didn't want to be spoiled. Uh, Todd, I really wish. Sorry, I really wish you didn't turn it off because the last like 30 seconds made me like cringe and roll my eyes because it's oh, really? easily like the uh, worst part of the entire trailer so uh, that's the I'll, sally stuff once everyone else gives what no but once everyone else gives their thoughts i'll kind of i'll tell you what happens <laughs> I, I i kind of agree um i was really into it like when i when i was watching the trailer and stuff i thought it was interesting that uh you know it takes place kind of in a small town that people want to kind of rebuild and everything and you know an old uh, leather face is still there stalking people but that last 30 seconds just fucking <laughs> blew it for me um it's just i don't know it's it's gonna be one of those films that's like putting up a certain message and then you have the whole i'm so tired of the let's only take the first one of a franchise and make a sequel to that one you know we've seen it with halloween we've seen it with uh, Candyman, actually although that was good we you know it's still that same thing it's just okay i'm, I'm kind of over it now I, you know to completely disregard all the sequels um whatever it's i don't know i'll still watch it of course it's free so there's that part of me that's like it doesn't matter really what the trailer makes me feel because i'll watch it regardless i don't have to pay for it so uh, i'm still excited to see it but my expectations not that they were high to begin with to be honest but they're i guess lowered right now i'm holding out i haven't watched it yet i don't know if i will all right fair enough uh yeah so in like the last 30 seconds todd basically leatherface is on like a party bus and like every single person on the party bus pulls out their cell phones and starts recording him and i believe the character says we're gonna cancel you 
or something like that. And then Leatherface lunges at them. And I was like, no, the, the digital age oh is like my ruining God. our movies. <laughs> That's kind of like uh, Scream 5, which I can't wait to talk about. Yeah. The, the pretentious horror fans. Mm-hmm. That sucks. So, yeah, it's just like after watching, I'm like, man, like new horrors, like starting to make me cringe just because like I understand like that's that is kind of what is happening with like today's society and stuff but oh like in a movie it's just like I don't know like I just roll my eyes because like I agree Todd I was enjoying that trailer up until that point and then like when I saw that I was like oh oh fuck no <laughs> maybe maybe uh we're the ones getting passed up maybe we're the old ones and- that's what i was thinking this is probably what our parents are thinking yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i will say it is i think it is that because i watched um i know what you did last summer and i would have i mean i liked it but i was old watching it like a lot of it was so like just very online social media like just very stupid kid teen things that i'm like are you joking but i'm like no that's how teens are these days not that we weren't stupid but i'm like they're stupid so i think it's we're getting old guys yeah i think it's a fair point yeah i remember thinking when i was young i'm gonna be like the hip old guy you know i'm gonna be into all the things and everything but i'm like i don't understand the music anymore i don't understand tiktok i don't understand these movies (laughs) like like mumble rap i I know (laughs) or uh auto tune or whatever the fuck they listen to i just like I guess I'm that old guy now, you know, that just doesn't get it and listens to Queen and watches fucking you know old movies. And I guess that's where we all end up, right? In my day, killers killed you for having sex. Right, exactly. You had a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. They didn't care who you voted for, he died anyway. <laughs> right. I I still look the I still think the, the look looks cool, regardless of from what I saw. I thought it looked cool, but that's you know, maybe it'd be a funny scene. Maybe it's poking fun of those people. We're going to cancel you. And then he murders the entire bus. Yeah, cool. I, I think that's what they're doing, actually. It's like, mm-hmm. this is Texas, so <laughs> we're killing you. But we'll, we'll see. I'm, yeah. I'm still curious uh, about the movie. What do oh. you think? Um, I don't know if it was Steve that mentioned it, but someone said that there's um, like um, a message behind it. What do you think the message is? I, I think it's going to be kind of counter- uh, like how, how do I put this? It's going to be like against woke culture, I guess, because it's a Texas killer. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to be kind of like um, what was that movie we watched last year? Uh, the Purge. You know, it's like the different side of it. I guess the U.S. So it's going to be killing. Mm-hmm. So you think Leatherface is going after? I, I think I don't think Leatherface is necessarily. I think he'll just fucking kill anyone. Uh, I think the message, the movie, is going to present itself as we're bringing a ton of students uh Ugh, hippies right. into texas and this is what happens when you do that so but we'll see mm-hmm. has anyone seen this director's other film tahano no it's only credit no other credit he has nope i, I don't think it's horrible well i know that i i believe this is like a new i think they had another director and then they brought this guy this this production was like cursed too mm-hmm. like it went through a lot of uh script changes and directors and shit like that so that's never a good sign either, but yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do we know why things kept getting switched up during the process of making this movie? Uh, from what I understand, it was creative differences. So Maybe, someone probably like, wanted to be hardcore. Like that's why the first director left. Wasn't it Fetty Alvarez at one point supposed to do it? He's still attached. He's producing this producing. one. Okay. 
This uh, director yeah. was a cinematographer for Bloodfest, which is decent. Yeah, not bad. That one was all right. We Bloodfest. interviewed. Which one's Bloodfest again? Um, it's Bloodfest, not, not was, Hellfest. The other not one. Not Hellfest. Is, is it the Rooster Teeth one? <laughs> rooster Teeth. The the uh, one with the. Right. Okay, you guys don't know what Rooster. <laughs> let, let me check. Uh, What's that Rooster Teeth? Is that a Rooster Teeth is a slang? really famous um, gaming uh, website. Mm. Oh, probably not. Bloodfest was the more low budge one. Yeah, no, it is the Rooster Teeth produced one. <laughs> Oh, okay. Still, still silly though. After nearly fifty years of hiding, this fucker's old, man. Leatherface. Michael. I know, man. Chainsaw's heavy. This guy's still lugging around after teens. Fifty years later, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you like? Should we be upset that they're completely ripping off like Halloween, or is it just like they just saw the success of Halloween, so they're like, let's try it. I think it's just like the trend right now, you know, these things yeah. always come in trends like, oh, they're making a lot of money because they're bringing back, you know, a character from 50 years ago. So let's yeah, do this too, character maybe. doesn't have the longevity as Laurie Strode. Though. Well, that's the thing, right? You're like, I don't know, outside yeah. of hardcore horror fans, I don't know if a ton of people are going go to go to Marilyn Burns passed movie, away so. a while ago. Anyway. Exactly. So. Right. Yeah. That I, I, I. That's why I'm like, why even bring back Sally? Like, yeah, if it was the original actress, that would have been cool. But like at this point, it's like, would she come back? Like she only had that one run in with him. Like Laurie, it makes sense. Well, actually with Halloween 2018, it, I guess because we're like bringing it back. So I guess like why would Laurie? I, yeah, I guess it's well, just they like kind of shoehorned Laurie's in. I've been, mm-hmm. I've been pissed for 40 years, ruining her arc. Right. Uh, yeah, I, think- I wonder what they'll do with Sally. I feel like Sally's just gonna come back. Like someone's just gonna be like, "We need your help." Like, why? I, I don't. Yeah, right. Why? Well, that's the yeah, thing. She says a... she's been waiting for this for fifty years. Just chilling. Like, yeah, <laughs> just waiting, waiting in her glory. fucking RV for you know for fifty years for Leatherface to pop up again. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's so stupid. But anyway, yeah. we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. At least so it's this free, guy's yeah. been surviving off yeah, human right. meat for fifty years. yeah (laughs) and yeah and is it just gonna be leatherface or are we gonna have like other family members too here because like i think we saw the family family. we we saw someone in the family at the house is bill mosley coming back in this one i thought i saw him as a cameo maybe maybe not bring back chop top yeah (laughs) see that that would be something that people would be excited that would be cool yeah why not that would be kind of fun Mm -hmm. yeah might as well because like there's no uh sort of like the family like changes every single movie so like what does it matter really if you bring him back or not yeah exactly i don't see bill uh, bill mosley in here and at all so. could be a surprise though it could be yeah all right you guys ready for the questions sure but yes but let's not forget our in- did we mention our interview with oh, no, we, we should we probably should have mentioned <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of a big deal uh yeah make sure you stick around for the end of the episode because steve and i had the pleasure of interviewing uh horror legend tony todd which is the whole reason we're even doing this episode um so yeah i mean it was just an honor for to talk to him and uh yeah i mean we discussed mainly all Candyman and um night of living dead 1990 which are the two movies we're doing tonight um but we also talked uh one of his newest movies he's promoting which was stoker hills and we also talked uh very briefly about uh final destination as well so stick around at the end and you'll hear it all
Very good. Here's a bright spot, not to kick the dead horse here on uh, Texas Chainsaw, but the writer wrote the Evil Dead remake and Don't Breathe. So a couple good movies. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Maybe the trailer just isn't well made. Who does? You know, it's happened before. We'll see. But we'll review it as soon uh, at sometime this month. So it should be pretty exciting. Um, all right. So you can ask us those questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast, or you can go on our Discord. Uh, on our Discord right now, we have a movie club, and we have now picked our very first movie that we're going to re- review in February. Uh, there will be a live stream at the end of the month, or a hangout rather than a live stream at the end of the month, so we can all discuss the same film. And the winner for the first vote was a movie called The House, which is a 2022 film over on Netflix. It's a fantasy, dark comedy, horror uh, animated film um, that just came out recently. So very curious uh, what that movie is going to be about and uh, see what happens. So should be cool. You know, I, I like I, I personally like really animated horror stuff. There's not a lot of it. I talked about it when we did um paranorman like in october i think so i'm pretty psyched and it's something that none of us has seen you know so there's no nostalgia attached to it so it could be like a pure discussion of just something we all watched for the first time so i'm, I'm psyched about it yeah that, that'll be fun I'm, I'm excited to check it out too is, is that adult paced or is it like kind of more kiddish honestly well? i don't know anything about it so yeah. I, I just what's the name of it again sorry the house, the house. yeah so, I mean, it, it's, I know it's an anthology, so that's yeah, that's it's an anthology. It looks like to be like mice mm-hmm. or rats or something that are the characters. Uh, maybe not mm-hmm. all of them, I, I don't know. It, it, it looks interesting, it, you know, it kind of has that, uh, I guess, paranormal feel the way the characters mm-hmm. are kind of like surreal looking a little bit. And well, I guess we'll see. So, if you want to join in that discussion, just join our Discord. And at the end of the month, there will be a hangout on Zoom where everyone can discuss it. All right, so the first question comes to us from Chuck. These are audio questions because Chuck loves to send the audio and we really appreciate when he sends them. So Chuck, what is your first question? Thank you, Steve, for that lovely introduction. Hey, squad, couple questions for you. First question, do you think the abundance of streaming services is hurting good shows and movies because not everybody can access them all? I'd say hurting, but not for that reason. I would say because there's too much and I can't keep up with what's hot. And you got Hulu and you got, fuck, you got everything, right? Like the Halo shows coming on Paramount of all things. It's like, gosh, dang, I have to subscribe to something else. I would say helping. I'm going to go the opposite route here. I think more content, the better. And all these networks are vying for people to subscribe to their services. So they're all going after these big stuff. So like, obviously people will subscribe to Paramount Plus now because they got Halo. Like, and honestly, the trailer kind of reminded me of Starship Troopers, so I'm excited for it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, and then there's shows like most people have never seen before that are amazing, like uh, Servant being one of them. Like Sam and I are big, big fans of that show and it's on Apple Plus and I don't think like anyone I even know has seen it besides Sam and I. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a shame that more people can't get them, but I think it's helping because like there's just, it just creates more competition. I would say I think it's hurting um, for the reason that Todd said, there's just too much to keep up with. And then also, I'm not trying to subscribe to 10 different service providers. Like, I'm not even going to tell, do we have Apple TV? I don't know. I'm not telling you. But do we watch Servant? I mean, yeah. And it's like, just think of all the other people that are like, I can't afford that. So I'm going to try to find it wherever I can or just not even 
watch anything. Adds up super fast, man. Super it fast. does. It's ridiculous. It's like you just realistically you don't need more than two mm-hmm. different services, I think. But I think even one too I would, much. Yeah, I think one I permanently would keep would probably be Prime, just because I mean you got the shipping privileges. Plus they have a good lineup. I I turned off Netflix months ago because I just it was one of those things that just sat not watching anything. I think the only ones I have currently are Shutter because I paid for the year, uh, Prime and HBO Max. But I'm gonna turn that off soon after Peacemaker's done. So. What about Disney? Oh yeah, I have Disney, but that's through like the cell phone bonus okay. thing. Mm-hmm. Will um, you re-up for Shutter, Todd? Like just yeah, curious, it, I like, mean it's fifty bucks a year, yeah. so I pay it once and I'm done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I right. keep doing that. See that? I mean, that doesn't, I don't know. I guess if you're like, if it's like you three, you guys watch so many horror movies that that's worth it. But I don't know. I have Hulu through Sprint and then I just pay for Netflix. And then thankfully someone let me use their Disney account. Um, but I don't really use that because I feel bad for using it. So I just, I watch YouTube the most, honestly. Do you have YouTube TV, Sam, or just like normal videos? No, just normal videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I pay for all these services and I watch Tubi if I can most of the time, which is free. Um, I agree with Joe on this one. I think it's a good thing. Had it not been for these subscription services, these studios would not be making a lot of the projects that we're seeing today. There's a reason why all of a sudden we're getting a bunch of Star Wars shows and Marvel shows and all these horror franchises are coming back and you're seeing these kind of obscure uh, property suddenly getting you know big time shows and stuff like that and that's a lot because those studios are now getting the revenue directly as opposed to having to go through a medium like television so i think we're getting a lot more content because of these services that are funneling money right through um the studios so i think in my opinion that's a good thing we have too much choice now you know we're in a part where i can't watch everything anymore so i kind of just pick and choose the ones I want and you can always sub for a month and then unsub there's no you know penalty for doing that for most of these services so uh, that's what I end up doing if I needed to like Paramount for example I'm going to get for two months just to watch Halo then I'll get rid of it and then maybe I'll get it back another time it's just it's just the way it is so I think it's a good thing because we're getting more content than we ever were before yeah it's a good point um it's yeah, funny definitely. off subject though Netflix keeps sending me emails to come back and my uh, username was Daddy, so all, all they say is Daddy, come back. I'm like, it's fucking That's weird, nice. Netflix. Like, <laughs> oh nice. Come back, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also like, sorry, I, I think it also like lets like studios take more risks too, like for sure. Like I, I don't think Servant ever would have gotten like a chance um, prior to this uh and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. Like be, being able to like take risks and put out shows that probably never would have seen the light of day. It, it's, it's good. On, on the flip side uh, for movies, it's one thing, but for TV shows, because there's so much content, unless the show does really well, they cut it like right away and you get attached to all these fucking shows. And then all of a sudden on a cliffhanger, you're like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> and that really fucking sucks. So when it was on television, they usually give them like a year's notice, you know, okay, we're probably planning to cut you guys or, you know, so now that's something that kind of sucks. I've, I've had a lot of shows that I watched 
and then all of a sudden it was over on a cliffhanger and i'll never know what ends up happening and that's that's a bummer but that's more of a nitpick than i guess an actual you know reason for or against services uh chuck what is your second question what is your favorite tony todd performance that isn't one of the two movies being reviewed tonight i don't think i've actually seen any of his other work I'm going to be honest. Sure you have. He pops up in a lot of stuff. Yeah, you have. 242 <laughs> different Final projects. Destination? <laughs> what oh, else yeah. is Final there? Final Destination, yep. Mm-hmm. He's got that voice. Uh, fucking voice kills it. Uh, he was in uh, Hatchet. He was a voodoo guy. Voodoo whatever. I don't know if I've seen Hatchet. Hatchet? I think he liked the first. I think he would like number one. Um, I'm going... I'm, I've said it again. I said it before. Uh, I'm going to X-Files season one. He plays a... Oh, yeah a veteran from Vietnam where they were trying like a, like an anti-sleep drug so they can stay up and fight longer. But uh, it ended up like permanently altering his state. So he was up permanently and he's, he's just, he's a really good actor. He's a really good series actor too. So I don't, I forget what the episode was titled, but uh, Vietnam vet, Tony Todd, X-Files. Um, yeah. I mean, I think his best performance obviously is his best two performances might even be from what we're doing tonight, but uh, off the cuff, uh, I'm going to go one of his early performances because I am a big fan of the movie lean on me. And he plays uh, Morgan Freeman's like right hand man in that he's like top security guard in that. And I always enjoyed that, that performance. albeit maybe not a, a big performance for him, but I think a really good performance. He just doesn't do horror, Steve. No, he doesn't do that much horror. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's funny. I was looking at his uh, filmography, and he's been in a lot of stuff, but he doesn't stand out in a lot of stuff. Like he's he's there, he does a good job of it, but like, right. he, and that's kind of you know, like he's in The Rock. I love The Rock, but he doesn't have a big role. He's in Platoon. You, you know, he's in a lot of tons of stuff, but as far he's as something Platoon. that yeah, as far as stuff that really like stands out, there isn't much outside of Candyman um and night of living dead um mm-hmm. so i kind of struggled a little bit with it but i'm gonna pick him in the crow i th- i think he doesn't play that big of a role in the crow but i think what he does is actually pretty good so mm-hmm. that's what i'm gonna go with for this question no, yeah yeah i mean he, he's definitely like a character actor you know what i mean and he does it very well so and yeah i mean he's i know he's done like a lot of voice work as well um which obviously is gonna be venom uh, in the spider-man video game which is pretty cool so yeah, I mean, that voice is unforgettable. He's Sexy. actually uh, my number one actor on Letterboxd for most viewed oh, films really? by an actor. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I've seen him quite a bit, <laughs> apparently. I, I mean, yeah, he just pops up in everything. Like, the dude, he's, he's like, worked pretty steadily. Like, if you go to, through his uh, IMDb, like, he's never, like, had really a lull. He's always been in something. Mine is Samuel Jackson. Most yeah. Ooh, Sam Jackson's second for me. So he's in a lot too. Yeah, he's in a lot too. That's, uh, that's crazy. He's, he's in 12 projects that are upcoming. So yeah, he works a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my stats don't really like, uh, aren't accurate because I only do horror on Letterboxd. Like I don't do anything else. So. Well, mine are Maybe only since I joined the horror squad. So, you know, I've, I'm okay. sure it'd be other actors if I counted them. But... Right uh you know like i have a lot of people from um what's his name the guy we did a retrospective on that's george jordan like he uses george the same jordan, actors yeah. a lot and they're all like his wife 
is like my number five of most of you <laughs> because she, she appears like in a shit role in a small role in all his films you know so mm-hmm. um all right so what is your third question where do you see yourself in five years wow you're just an interview question right there <laughs> i know right that's like uh it's like questions a for me before we end the question <laughs> What's uh, the one with Sandra Bullock? Harsher penalties for parole violators or something like that. It's congeniality, classic. Yeah. <laughs> Five years, I don't know. Hopefully alive. Hopefully out of this apartment and into a house. Ooh, That's the goal. I like that. Uh, seriously, though, uh, geographic change for me and my family to another state. How about another country? Canada's taking an application. Oh, <laughs> are they? I would definitely not dance on a no fuck national it, monument yeah. like those cocksuckers. Yeah. We do it here too, so right. What state do you want to move to, Todd? Um, I have a very soft spot for Dallas. Um, I like the the food there. It's my favorite food I've ever had. Is in that region. Plus, I really like the sport environment over there. They're really big on sports, so that's where we're eventually going to. Sam, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, hopefully alive. <laughs> and um, hopefully I have like making, something... making out with Damien Lefay. Yeah, that too. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to work for myself doing Halloween happy. Awesome. Um, for me, I hope that I am sitting right here in my basement recording episode 472 of our podcast you did the math on it i did <laughs> way to go steve make all, right, all of us look like assholes uh, so start to prepare episode 500 <laughs> hopefully we can do live somehow and uh yeah so that Jesus. would be where i'm hoping to welcome be. back to the horse squad podcast it's only five, five years, years. <laughs> right. one year host you'll still be in your God. 30s for fuck's sake what's my name again samantha <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would love what? for my writing to still be doing stuff if we're going to be say stuff about ourselves. Fun fact, my, uh, my writing has done the best this month that it did all year combined last year. Oh, nice. So I don't know what it was, but that's that was awesome. Fun. Very nice. Yeah. How's it going on book three? Book three is like 85% done. Jeez, like you're Stephen King in that shit. Like, God. <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Chuck, what is your last question? Candy Sam. Candy Sam. Candy Sam. Candy Sam. Candy Sam. Are we thinking of honey whiskey or some other drink pairing tonight? Thank y'all. Look forward to the episode. Oh, well, that sounds lovely. Does he really ask these questions, Steve, or are you just making it up? No, I just make them up every week. I actually record his voice every week, too. <laughs> it's pretty insane. <laughs> I do, I do a mean uh, Tennessee, <laughs> apparently. I like Tennessee honey whiskey. It's my drink. favorite drink. That's my I don't favorite think I've alcohol. ever had it. I know Todd is. I love it, dude. What is it? It's, uh you know, just whiskey with like a honey base, whatever. Mm. So you got Jack Daniels uh, as the most popular one. You got um, Jim Beam, things like that. But that's the only alcohol that I'll happily drink straight. Everything else I need to have like a mixer or something. But honey whiskey is super smooth. Do you drink it? at room temp or is it chilled what is it um if i'm like hanging out it'll be chilled but if i'm just walking by and i see the bottle and take a swig or something you know oh but it sits at room temperature but i'm 
that makes me sound like I'm a super alcoholic. But... I know. It's like, okay. <laughs> no, room temperature <laughs> no mostly. Here. All right. But with the, what do they say? On the rocks? On the rocks. All righty. Well, let's see. So I looked up a little zombie cocktail and this is what I found. Did you guys know that actually zombie cocktails, but I don't know how they're classified, but they started back in 1934. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. That is crazy. That's old. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time ago. Um, so pretty much this just includes lime juice, cranberry juice, sugar, and Joe, you'll like this, white rum, golden rum, and dark rum. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Chinese it food, like, because like that, that's like a like a Chinese. Yeah, it's like a Chinese drink. Because like, well, every time you go to every time you go to Chinese food restaurants, that's like the zombie and the mai tai and the scorpion bowl. Those are like what they have perfected, and it's always like rums. Like, I wonder like why it's just always the rums. Light like hot sake. Ones, but, I mean, I had mai tais all weekend. I do like sake. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some sushi, some sake. I, I enjoy. You ever had a sake bomb? I have not. Ooh, yeah. it's. I used to every time I used to go to the uh, the Japanese steakhouse. The we would do sake bombs with the owner. But what they do is, it, so it's like a full uh, glass of beer, Jap a Japanese beer. I forget the name of it. I want to say Sapporo, but I'm not 100. Sapporo that. sounds like it. Yeah. And they take the sake. Yeah, and then they take the sake, and they put uh, the chopsticks on top of the beer glass with the, the shot of sake, like in between the shot glasses. And then you got to slam your fist on the table and the sake drops into the beer and then you got to like chug it. It's delicious. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. So that is all the questions from Chuck. Thank you very much. We do have another audio question. This one from Asa, who is also Raining Blood 16, who actually just bought the hot sauce that we've been promoting for the last month so he says he's going to report back as to how it is so we're excited to hear what that's like so uh asa what is your question hey squad this is asa aka raining blood i just had one quick question for y'all tonight in the movie the night of the living dead which character do you most relate to who would you see yourself as in this actual movie in this in this situation that's all i had have a great night Taking Cooper. it the remake, right? Cooper? <laughs> yeah. Here's an asshole. No. Let's talk in no. the basement. The cellar, um, Helen. God. <laughs> the kid. Uh, the kid, yeah. Uh, I guess Ben, right? Like, who else would you really relate to? Like, everyone yeah. is pretty mm -hmm. much a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I Barbara guess actually good. the brother. What's the... I can't, I can't remember his name. Tom, yeah. I guess you can. Um, it's kind of an idiot, though. Too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not really much of a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. But, like, I don't. Yeah, that is true. I guess I wouldn't be that stupid to do that. <laughs> but, like, I'm not really a survivalist either, like Ben is. So, like, I don't know if I'd make as smart of decisions as him either. So, I think I'm a mix. Johnny. What about Johnny picking on sister. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I did used to do that. Oh, bro. <laughs> Yeah, but he's talking about like being horny and stuff. I never like talked yeah. like that in front of my sister. <laughs> he's horny, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little weird. <laughs> I mean, the only good characters in this one are Ben and Barbara. Barbara takes a little bit right. to get up to speed. I guess mm -hmm. Ben. Let's go with Benny. 
Yeah, I would say Ben. I feel like I would be level-headed and make good choices and keep calm and just do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I uh, I think I'd also be Ben. It's uh, uh, like just a desire to help people and get like one thing that people who work with me will know is that I am the type of guy who will like take action. You know, I like doing all the door stuff and making quick decisions. That's like one of my, I guess, strong points. So that's something I can totally relate to now. Well, I'll talk about, you know, what Ben actually does in the movie, uh, in the review, but yeah, I think that would be kind of how it'd be, you know, just figure something out and we'll figure it out as we go, but we got to keep moving and get things done. So. I could also see myself doing the zombie fight in ring as well, like throwing money and be like, oh yeah, right. zombie wins. <laughs> so are you betting or are you in the uh, ring drunk as you're <laughs> drunk No, I'd be, the, I'd, be the, I'd be the one gambling for sure. <laughs> I'd probably be the guy that uh, told Barbara whatever she said. She's like, we're us and they're us. We're them and they're us. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. give me a break. <laughs> That'd be him. All right, so the first question, uh, the first written question this week is from Weezerface. Zombie outbreak, stay put or fortify one place or keep on the move looking for supplies? Uh, I guess it it's just hard. depends. Well, yeah, you're, in your, just, you're in your apartment. What do you do? Um, I'd probably fortify, fortify for now, but like eventually you're going to have to go out because you're going to run out of supplies, you know what I mean? So for now, I guess, I guess fortify temporarily. And then once you have to go on the move. Are you are you a gun owner, Jim or Joe? I called you Jim for some reason. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm I'm not, and I've I've been considering it more. Like the older I've been getting, just being like, because I don't know, the world is kind of a crazy place, uh, and it is good. Like if if situations do arise, because I always think to myself like. If shit really did hit the fan, I'd be kind of fucked because, like, I don't own like a weapon or anything like that. So, do you have an ironer? An iron? An ironer? Yeah, an an iron? iron? I do have. Yeah. I, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween kill style. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I have a base on that. <laughs> Sorry, what? Do you have a? Are you a gun owner? No, it's I'm um, in Canada. <laughs> we uh we don't do guns really other for for hunting. Are you guys allowed to? Like, what's yeah. the rules? Yeah, we can. Uh, there's very strict background checks and uh, all that kind of stuff. There's no handguns and such shit like that. It's all like hunting rifles and stuff. Um, you know, we just operate differently than the U.S., right? We don't have like a, an equivalent to the Second Amendment. And, you know, it works for us, I guess. So I don't personally have one. I mean, my grandfather has one because he used to hunt. But, yeah. Um, as far as what I would do... It depends on the type of zombie. So if we're going on the Night of Living Dead zombies, I think I'd stay on the move because first, just for resources, right? Uh, fortifying one position. And they're so slow and stupid that you can survive, I think, going from house to house. Um, I think they were just stupid in this movie. So they kind of had their house overrun. But if you just stick certain rules, stay in attics, go into like closets and stuff like that, uh, I don't see why you would get ki- killed by them. So. I would keep moving with these zombies. But if it's like fucking Dawn of the Dead remake zombies, then yeah, I would probably try to fortify because you go out and you're practically dead. So what about you, Sam? I agree with Steve because he's one of the zombie experts here on the podcast. Because I read the books by Matt Brooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you, you too? Yeah. It is a good book. Yeah, I love that book. Zombie I, I used, Survival Guide. Yeah, I think I used to, I think I said it before. I thought show, it was but, real when I first read it. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to keep it in my car, like as a joke, you know, when yeah. people would come in and be like, oh, you never know. It's got some good tips in there, like destroy the staircases if you're on a second story, stuff like that. Yeah, but it also but, gives you good tips about just general, you know, preparedness, preparedness too. So it's kind of a <sighs> fun way of doing preparedness. I would personally fortify because, you know, I have kids and it would suck to run around with them. But one thing that, like, that's consistent in all these zombie movies is other people being pricks. You know, you got Walking Dead, different groups trying to kill people. Um, this book I'm reading called Swan Song after nuclear pop, a nuclear apocalypse. People just kill people just to steal their supply. So being outside is probably not the best. Um, if you have, like, you know, weapons and food and water supply, I think you're pretty good. If you just lay low and hide, don't you know advertise that you got a gun and stuff like that that's what drives me crazy about people like don't brandish weapons like keep them for their purpose and that's it so i got a gun for all y'all if you're coming over mm-hmm. yeehaw w- would would you like team up with strangers or would you just be like more of like a loner in situ in a situation like this be a loner man because you i wouldn't want some stranger with my daughter you know mm. yeah 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 but at the same time getting supplies and stuff is yeah. So you have to feed their kids too, and I wouldn't want to worry about that. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. that too. Hopefully, we never find ourselves zombie apocalypse, but who knows? We're I think we're getting there. Okay, Slowly. I'd rather have that than COVID. <laughs> yeah, unless you can tell who's infected. Right. <laughs> unless you're hiding it, like the person always hides it in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, always in the stomach. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, like how'd you get bit on the stomach underneath your overshirt? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next question is from horror fan Ryan. If you were remaking Night of the Living Dead right now, who would you cast? Uh, for Barbara, I'm going to go Samara Weaving. Uh, I just think. Joe, that's obvious. what I was going to say. Were you? Yeah, I think she's like a great choice. And just because, like, ready or not, like, vibes, like, I feel like that's like a really good role for her. And then for Ben, I was kind of torn between like a couple of people. Um, but I'm going to go. Uh, I can never pronounce his name, but Daniel uh, Kaluuya from Candyman. Get Out. Yeah, oh. Kaluuya from What's Get, the gentleman's from name Get from Out. Candyman? I always mispronounce his name. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just call him Yaya yeah, because yeah, I don't know oh, yeah. the rest, how to pronounce the rest of his name. But he was actually my second choice, Todd. So that's, I think that I think either one of them would be a great choice. But I'll go Daniel. I'm going Candyman because he's got that physical nature like Tony Todd does, big dude. Um, mm-hmm. And I was going with Smart Weaving too. So it's three for three so far. Cooper could be any prick. Just put a prick in there. I'm also going with what Joe said and what Todd said because they both they each had my person. All right. Uh, for Ben, I went with Idris Elba because I just I fucking adore that guy. He's so fucking good and everything. Uh, for Barbara, I also had Samara Weaving. I just think she's like fucking perfect for that role. Um, for Tom, I went with Tom Holland because he has that like innocence kind of naive. Uh, you know kind of style to him and for harry i want clancy brown i think he plays a good like villain slash good guy slash you know i just like him and everything too so that's my pick for harry cooper uh all right next question and i think this is the last question this week is uh, they're from mondo which one of you will take me as your survival companion i'll take you second making my slave <laughs> make you dig trenches around my house there you go. I think he, he did okay. that second setting. He's setting me up to make fun of him. So there you go. 
He just called I'll me a bitch a in a text. So. Yeah, he did. Actually. I'll, take... <laughs> <laughs> I'll take him and then shoot him in the leg when I need to. Ooh, like, uh, what's his face? Walking Dead Shane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his next question. Grossest thing you've ever eaten? Bugs, wildlife, vegetables, etc. I've eaten a lot of flies before on accident. I don't know why it happens, but it does. Gnats, flies. I'll be outside and I, I don't know. They just can fly in my mouth. I had one stuck in my throat one time and I was like gagging. It was fucking gross. I had a June bug hit me in the eyeball riding a bike. That hurt. Oh, I fucking hate June bugs. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those like thick bastards too. Yes, their claws are sharp as hell. Then cicadas are fucking. Dis- I haven't eaten a cicada though. But yeah, eating wise, mm-hmm. on accident, flies, flies and gnats. Um, <clears throat> lamb tongue. I have that was definitely the grossest thing I ever ate. It was did not taste good. There wasn't much. The grossest part, honestly, the tongue wasn't so bad, but it was like the part, like think of like when you rip a tongue out and then like the bottom like part that's like just all smushy and shit. Yeah, that that wasn't, that was pretty gross. I did not like that. You ate it like a steak? Uh, I just like, we cooked it. It was was in high school. It was in high school when I was working at the supermarket. Like I worked in the meat department and like we got like an order of lamb tongue in. So we cooked it in the lobster steamer. And then, like, I just ate it, like, whole. Like, I That's just, gross. Because like, tongue, tongue is really good in tacos. Take it bites. Yeah, it might, it might be. Yeah, this yeah. wasn't, like, it had no seasoning or anything. Down. It was just, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was disgusting. No, like, I, and you I, could feel, I could feel, like, I could feel the, the bumps hair. on the tongue, like, when I was That's biting gross, into dude. it in the hair, yeah. <laughs> no, the tongue is my favorite taco meat. It's a uh, cow tongue. It's called tacos de lengua. Yeah. It's a Mexican dish, and it's the be- easily hands down the best meat i've ever had on taco i will always look for tacos de lengua on the menu and if you ha- if you get it from like legit like hispanic man or woman or whatever it's so fucking good sam it's not gross eat it i wouldn't be opposed to trying it i really i wouldn't i'll i eat pretty much any type of food like once the only weird thing i've ever had which i've already said on the podcast was frog legs and that was Butthole. that was against my will no one eats butthole, butthole, Joe. <laughs> you nasty. Butthole. Actually, uh, there's another Mexican dish. <laughs> Have you ever had menudo? It's a soup. No, it's um intestine, and it's got like corn stuff. But yeah, it's intestine, so I guess close to the butthole. But it's uh, mm-hmm. it's really good too. Mexicans got some um, Mexican food so good. Um, grossest thing. Like I've eaten. Uh, cockroach, not cockroaches. Um, grasshoppers and stuff like that, like uh, chocolate ones and candied ones at uh, insect like museum that we had near where I grew up. Uh, but they didn't taste that bad. They're just like kind of crunchy chocolate. Really, there's nothing that bad about it. So I wouldn't say it was gross like tasting. Actually, the grossest thing I ever tasted, and people are gonna kind of judge me for this because I think people eat it all the time. Uh, I even remember the day. It was December thirty first, nineteen ninety eight. About 10 p.m. I was at uh, a New Year's party wow. with my new girlfriend, and there were a ton of people because I was like one of those convention halls and stuff like that. And people were partying, and someone offered me a grape. I'm like, okay, cool. So I pop it in, and nope, it was not a grape. It was an olive, and it was probably the most disgusting thing I'd ever eaten. First of all, who offers grapes? That's a red <laughs> flag, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. Oh hey, my god. Hey, hey, bud, want a grape? Fucking <laughs> trying it to. Grapes, boozy. Is that a thing? Boozy grape? Like That's like a date cherries. rape thing. All right, don't accept boozy cherries. Random people. Boozy cherries. 
Fruity cherries are good. I've had those. I thought I thought Steve was gonna reveal that it was like a goat's eyeball. eyeball or no, something. No, He's no, like yeah, olive. yeah. I, I, olives are pretty gross. I find the black just, ones. Yeah, I, I, love, I love green olives, dude. Stuffed green olives. Ugh. Cheese, some garlic. Yeah, that sounds gross. all right. Sound <laughs> on the side. <laughs> a little bit of butthole. And some ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question of the week, and I have no other fucking idea where Mondo got this from, but here it is. Would you rather have a paper cut, cardboard cut, or metal cut? What's wrong with him, dude? I'm going to text him. Like, are you fucking high when you write these things? What the heck? Paper cut, idiot. That's the smallest one. What's wrong I've with had him? all three. I've definitely had all three. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess the paper cut. <laughs> metal paper cuts. Cut, yeah. yeah. It's pretty gnarly. Metal, you gotta be like, damn it, I gotta get my fucking tetanus shot now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, paper cut for sure. <laughs> God, is, that, is that even an option? What would Mondo, what would Mondo want Nothing out of else. all those? I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give him all three. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for asking that question, yeah. bud. You know, he's kicked out of my zombie group. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, you gotta save him and shoot him in the leg when you need to. All right. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. We really appreciate it. We cannot do this segment without you. And now let's bring some warmth into this conversation with some Silk City hot sauce. Greetings, Spice fans. Silk City Hot Sauce is now sponsoring the Dorkening Podcast Network. Our craft sauces are made in Vermont in small, high-quality batches using locally sourced, farm-grown ingredients. Silk City Hot Sauce comes in a variety of heat strengths and killer flavors like Jezebel, Erotic Fever, Mango Madness, and Good Morning Jonestown. And don't forget our newest creation, Hot Syrup. Make no mistake, Spice fans, this is the queen of sweet heat. There's new and unique flavors coming out all the time. Best of all, right now, listeners of the Dorkening Podcast Network can go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and use coupon code DORK. Not only will you get 20% off your order, we'll also throw in a free bottle of hot sauce. That's SilkCityHotSauce.com. Coupon code DORK. All right, what watch did you guys watch? Quite a bit. <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been. I, so the first month of 2022, I watched 62 movies. That's nuts dude i'm at like 17 <laughs> what yeah uh not not all horror but um all right so i guess i'll start this week uh i talked a little bit about this last week that i would watch it and i ended up watching it uh, you know part of yesterday and today so my first movie i watched over on amazon prime it is from 2007 and it is the remake of the hitcher which is the movie that we covered last week uh so in this one if you listen to last week's episode it's the same exact plot because it is basically the same exact movie with minor differences. Um, in this one, it stars Sean Bean as uh, the killer, uh, John. And uh, instead of having like a guy meet a girl uh, at a, you know, at a bar or whatever, a diner, and then they get together in this one, they start together from the get go. And then they go on an adventure and, you know, Sean Bean starts stalking them for the rest of the movie they keep getting arrested and having confrontations with cops. Cops die left and right. It's really the same movie as the uh, 1986 version that we reviewed last week. Uh, I gotta say, I expected really the worst because everyone says how much this one sucks. 
I don't think it was that bad. Like it wasn't as good as the original for sure, but I didn't think it was that bad of a movie. I even think that this movie improved on some things uh, from the original. First, I like that they started as a couple at the beginning of the film because I, like we talked about last week, I don't think when the main guy meets, uh, you know, the, the girl, it just didn't make sense why she went with him. It, it just didn't make sense at all because she just met him and then she's putting herself in this huge danger for no reason. And this, it makes sense that they're together. So that's better, I thought. Um, I, I think the pacing in this is also a little bit better. Like it just flows a little bit better than the original and just these little changes that they made near the end which I don't want to spoil that I like better but where the movie really separates itself from the original is uh, the antagonist I like Sean Bean I think he's a great actor but in this role uh, he doesn't like come close to Rutger Howard's performance and that's where I think the original makes is makes the original better than this one. He's not bad or anything. He just doesn't have much of a personality. And he's maybe trying too hard to be like Rutger Hauer. And it just doesn't work because Rutger Hauer has a really unique like way of presenting himself. So overall, glad I watched it. Uh, we'll never probably watch it again. But I don't think it's as bad as I'd heard either. So that's The Hitcher over on Amazon Prime. I have one. Um, and that is uh, Galaxy of the Dinosaurs from 1992. It is a 90s shot on uh, VHS classic um, directed by J.R. Bookwalter, who did like Dead Next Door. He's like a, a big 90s like shot on video guy. Uh, it's basically a ripoff of Planet of the Apes. And in this one, you got like a astronauts, quote unquote, that crash land on a planet that is full of dinosaurs. However, they don't use their own effects. They borrow from like claymation from whatever age claymation was popular. So you have them in a forest and then it cuts to a dinosaur that's in the desert. So even my kids are like, wait, that's not even the same like landscape. I'm like, I know. So we had a good time watching it. Um, Acting's as expected. These movies were made for like 1600 bucks. Um, and are they bad movies? Absolutely. But you can't help but see the amount of fun they had making them. And I love seeing that in like low budget movies like this. You can just tell they're having a great time. Boom, Mike's coming the shots. You're supposed to be on an alien planet and you hear a fucking plane <laughs> like flying by or a dog barking or you see a fucking Walmart outline in the back of the forest. So it's like shit like that. It's just got a lot of charm and I really dug it. It's terrible, like I said, but if you enjoy watching something that was made with love and stupidness, then Galaxy of Dinosaurs is your thing. So that's all I got. All right. Um, my first one tonight is a 2020 release. I decided to watch this one based on it making a couple of best of lists from last year. Uh, and this one is called Violation. Uh, so this one is about, uh, is about a woman and her husband. They are um, kind of on the ropes. It seems like their relationship is very rocky and they go off on a uh, vacation um, to uh, the woman's sister's um, kind of like lake house um, with her and her husband. And uh, yeah, the four of them are just kind of enjoying uh, their vacation. And the uh, sister and the other sister's husband end up, uh, you know, the, you could see they start to... Uh, they have this like kind of weird 
close relationship, I guess you could say. And there's kind of like flirtation going on and whatnot and stuff. And uh, one thing leads to another. They end up kissing. Um, you know, she she regrets it and whatnot. Um, and she ends up uh, getting taken advantage of um, while she is sleeping and is is raped by this uh, woman's husband or her sister's husband. And the rest of the movie follows her dealing with that and eventually taking matters into her own hands. And it turns, I don't want to really give too much away, but it ends up turning into a, you know, a a rape revenge flick. Um, But it's done like extremely um, different than any other like rape revenge movie I've seen, a la like I Spit on Your Grave and um, Last House on the Left style where this one's handled like a lot more real, you know, like it, it, like those other ones go like over the top crazy and whatnot. And this one does have a pretty gruesome scene, but it it really, the main focus is like uh, the grief, like this woman is dealing with. Um, I I guess I could attribute it somewhat to like if a 24 did like a rape revenge movie. Um, But yeah, I, I actually, I really enjoyed this one though. Um, It's handled very well. The acting is superb. The cinematography is quite beautiful. Um, And honestly, at the end, like by the end, like it, like it, like it, like it handles um, like the trauma of, of rape, like very, um, you know, well, and uh, it's tastefully done. And yeah, I, I would, uh, I would highly recommend this one, especially if you're into that type of genre. I don't think like it is gratuitous, like the rape scenes or anything like that. Obviously like trigger warning for people who, um, you know, that could be a a trigger for you. But uh, I, I think it's a really, really well done movie and I would definitely recommend it. Would it have made your list? Uh, I, I don't think it would have made my list, um, but it would have been very close. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sam? Um, I don't think I have anything. Did I ever talk about um I know what you did last summer that I watched it? Like I know I mentioned it in this episode. Remake? The, the show, TV show on Prime. Uh, I don't think you did. I don't think did I, I don't think you finished it. You mentioned it. I don't know if you did you finish the series? Yeah, I finished yeah, it. Yeah. So I don't okay, think you talk, I think you talked about like watching the first episode or two or something. Uh, I don't remember a lot of it anymore, so maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Was it was it past like watch nay sucked? Um, Did it pay okay. homage to the originals? Uh, no, uh, no, and it did one. It did the thing of where so it, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I forgot that I was going to talk about this, but um, the girl from Goosebumps who played the sister of. Um, um a haunted halloween do you remember that girl okay nope. wasn't the love interest in part two was it no <laughs> no it was the, his sister sister i don't remember okay so it starred madison eisman who played sarah from goosebumps 2 haunted halloween who was a sunny sister Sonny was played by Jeremy Ray Taylor, so it was the sister. Anyways, so she was in it, but they did the thing of where she had a twin sister and she played both 
sisters. And I hate when I, I just hate it. So it was very confusing at first because it, it was hard to tell which one was which because they didn't do a good job, like with the acting or maybe with the storytelling. I don't know. So it was kind of difficult. Um, but yeah, there's like a twin, a twin thing involved. Um, it's kind of cult. It's kind of, it deals with the cult. Um, so nothing to do like the original movie or anything like that. It showed a lot of nudity, which I was surprised just because it's like a teen show. I mean, it kept my attention, but I don't know if I would recommend it or not. I know that doesn't help. What, what all, service is that on? Amazon Prime. Is this like a CW version of the story? Not, I mean, my, of course, plus nudity because they it's don't a do little them. bit more. It's a little better than CW. I will say that. It's just the twin thing just threw me off. I just, I cannot, I can't ride the roller coaster when it's like that. But I will say the kills were actually pretty cool. Like there was this one kill where she was like in a booby, a booby trap and the trap like got set off by her foot and it was like um, a cable wire and it like it reeled her body into like this tractor thing that like raised her up and it like cut her neck off. Some of the kills were kind of cool. It was like a lot is gorier than I thought it would be. Is it kind of like the Scream TV series? I would say it's better than the Scream t- TV series. Oh, okay. And is there a fisherman? No. Oh, okay. Uh, how many episodes well, it's is like- it? It's um, maybe eight. Okay. I mean, it's like about these two twin sisters. One is super popular and like super pretty and everyone loves her, but she's a fucking bitch. And then the other sister is like quiet and shy. She really likes this guy and her sister ends up sleeping with the guy that she's been in love with for a really long time. And then something happens to where... I don't want to, I can't say, cause I'll spoil it, but, um, they grew up without their mother. So we think that their mother committed suicide, but then later on we find out that their dad was a part of a cult. Maybe the mom was, and you kind of learn a few of their family secrets. Yeah. That's all I can really say. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was okay. I, I mean, I liked it. It was just the whole, when the one person plays two twins like a set of twins I just don't and especially just coming off of child's Chucky show with Devin playing twins I was like oh here we go again but yeah if you like Pretty Little Liars um it's like more r-rated than that um yeah cool um so my second one this week uh, so I was looking for like more obscure Tony Todd films and I watched a few and to be honest, I have nothing to say about them. Uh, they just, they all had like the same thing. Like they're all low budget. They're all really bad, but Tony Todd was good in them. You know, so it's like, so as I'm going through these movies, uh, I saw this recommendation on Tubi, which does not star Tony Todd. Uh, this one actually stars Ving Rhames and Taryn Manning. So it's from 2011 and it's called Zombie Apocalypse. A very standard story. Uh, Taryn Manning and two other guys are just surviving in the apocalypse. Uh, they're looking for supplies at a gas station when all of a sudden a bunch of zombies start attacking them. And then this other group come in and uh, 
you know, to try to save them and stuff and save some of them. And then they start, they band together to try to find a boat so they can go somewhere like on an island and survive uh, that way. So the story is really about them trying to get to that boat and going through different encounters on the way uh, until they reach, you know, the dock and have a pretty crazy, unexpected final encounter once they get near the boat. So I, I'll let you guys uh, watch it. Does it have a tiger in it? Yeah, it does. Okay, I've seen this one then. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, so <laughs> that's what it is. It's like a yeah. zombie tiger all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, you know, fucking just yeah. not expected. So anyway, so yeah, it's a very standard by the number zombie film. There's nothing special that happens in this movie. Uh, it's a story we've seen a million times before. But to be honest, it wasn't bad. It had some really good action. Uh, it had good dialogue. The banter between the characters was actually fun. Uh, and I kind of enjoyed it. Like, there's there's a lot to love about this story. Like, if you like zombie films, you're looking for something uh, less mainstream. And it's just good zombie fun. It's got good zombie effects. Um, it has, like, like I said, good characters. Uh, the story keeps moving. Like, they never stay in a place very long. So it's never boring. And I enjoyed it. My only big knock on this is uh, this the overuse of CGI, which they really didn't need. Like a lot of the headshots are CGI and a lot of the like effects, uh, like the blood splatter and stuff like that. That's all stuff that you can do practically for not that expensive. And that kind of took away from the movie because the makeup was great. So obviously they had a competent makeup artist. So why relies so much on cgi that's really the only big knock i have on this film but if still despite all that if you're looking for a solid obscure uh, zombie film zombie apocalypse 2011 on tubi i'd recommend it i actually gave it three and a half stars on letterbox which is pretty high for something like this so yeah check it out all right my last one uh, for tonight is from 2022 release actually and it is um, Stoker Hills uh, this is the movie that uh, Tony came on to uh, promote uh, so yeah this one is about uh, these student filmmakers who uh, decide to make their own horror movie uh, and basically a actual horror movie takes place like basically like while they're filming their own uh, basically like a killer shows up kidnaps one of the actresses and uh we go on a quest to try to find her from there um all while so with that part is shot found footage but then um we keep going back and forth between the found footage and um these police um detectives that are trying to solve what happened from the footage uh, they found. So we're going, you know, back and forth um, between that. Um, yeah, and that's basically the movie. Um, Tony plays a, uh, a brief cameo as a uh, professor, and he's great in it, <laughs> um, you know, in his, in his uh, brief uh, appearance in it. Um, overall, uh, yeah, this one I was uh, just not a fan of. I actually think the first... 20 minutes of this movie was actually like really solid um you know i liked like all the stuff with like uh in the the classroom with like tony and the kids and stuff like that um and then like them shooting the horror movie was fun i actually wish they did more of that like i wish they filmed more like showed more of them like filming the horror movie and stuff um because that would have been fun 
um but they just like focus way too much like on the detective stuff like i think i that's why and that's why i say like the first 20 minutes is like all shot like the found footage style which i love found footage stuff so like i'm like oh that's always like a, a point right there for me like where like because i really enjoy it so jarring because like they'll be in found footage and then all of a sudden it's like pause and it goes to the detectives and then they'll go back to the found footage pause um, so it just like took me out of it, like any sort of tension uh, whatsoever. And then just like the killer reveal is pretty lackluster. Uh, and then we get to the ending and it is downright one of the worst endings I've seen in quite some time. Uh, it's up there with a the nun's curse from a couple years ago as like one of the, the worst endings I've seen in some time. Um, it's, you know, I understand like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I understand, like, I guess why, like a filmmaker would want to do that. I just to do something different, but I just think it is kind of a, a slap in the face to the, to the viewer uh, when you do an ending like that. Um, so yeah, I just, I cannot recommend this one. Yeah, I agree. I, I talked about it like three weeks ago, I think, but holy shit like I, I didn't even like the first 20 minutes so i was really not <laughs> along for the ride uh although like for me i figured out the twist within the first five minutes uh i know joe wasn't the case because he was texting me and he's like he thought he knew what where he's going but I was like, no no he actually doesn't <laughs> right. know where it's going uh although i could definitely see why you thought that but that's yeah anyway yeah it's, uh, no i definitely do not recommend this one there are way way better films out there and if you're a tony todd fan I mean, shit, watch a trailer of any of his other movies and you'll see him just as much in that trailer than you do in this entire film. So it's really not worth it right. if you're a Tony Todd fan either. Yes, yes. And I'm sorry, everyone, I did lie when Tony asked me, and it, you'll hear it in the interview, but he did it, asked me if what I thought of the movie, and I, I did say good because I didn't want things to get too awkward and say, oh, no. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's always a tough question when we're asked on interviews. <laughs> did you like the movie? And we didn't. Um you yeah. know, we're not going to go into this whole thing, but we'll just say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we won't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just just being polite, really. Yeah, right. uh, this one, this one was definitely not one of my favorites. Yeah. All right, that's it. Yep. Get them trivia questions out, peeps. All right, the standings are right now: uh, Joe and Lee with nine, Sam second place with seven, myself third with six, Steve with five. This is game number four. Who would like to lead off? I will. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kayla for the win here. Match the quote to the movie. Mm. Match the quote to the movie. Let me see if I can do a voice for this one. <laughs> All right. I wouldn't got this one either. I just can't take no pleasure in killing. There's just some things you got to do. Don't mean you have to like it. Oh, wait. I know what this character is. Let me try again. Maybe if I can do a voice for you. <laughs> I just can't take no pleasure in killing. There's just some things you got to do. Don't mean you have to like it. Okay, I, I detected a little southern drawl yeah. there. I'm going to quote a different the movie. Texas Chainsaw Master? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do the, it, yeah, you're right. I was going to do the yeah. uh, Full Metal Jacket rant. Yeah, it's the sheriff, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, I'll go next. So mine is also a match a quote to the movie. Oh, boy. New, new type of question from Kayla. I love it. <laughs> Sometimes the world of the living gets mixed up with the world of the dead. This could have been a tagline too. I like. Yeah, yeah. seriously. World living. I said poltergeist on over here. I didn't, but no. Okay. 
Um, let's see. Let's go um, Pet Cemetery. Okay. Um, World War Z. Nope. You guys want one more guess or is that it? Night of Living Dead remake. No. No. Insidious. No. Sam? That's a good guess. Um, the Pondering. Okay. Wrong. Uh, so it was actually The Others. The other. I haven't seen that oh. one in a minute. It's a good one. We're getting a new one. We're getting a remake. Are That's we? Right. We are? Yeah. Uh, We're getting a remake. Yep. I remember that twist being revealed like awesomely. Yeah. It, it was. It was a good yeah. twist. Yeah. It was yeah. a great twist. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll go next. All righty. Got a couple of Candyman questions tonight. And then mm-hmm. I also have from Kayla a match the quote, but I'll save Ooh. that for my last one since you guys both did one. All right, so we all know Tony Todd as the Candyman, but can you tell me Candyman's actual name? Daniel Robitaille. That's correct. I had it in my chamber this time because... (laughs) (laughs) You had it locked and cocked. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Sam. Righty. These questions come from... You guessed it, Kayla. All righty. I'm going to go with match the quote to the movie. Here we go. Meat's meat and a man's got to eat. Meat's meat. Ooh. Um, Sounds like something from Texas Chainsaw Massacre it does. <laughs> 2. <Yeah. laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Actually, uh, that does sound familiar. Meat's meat and a man's got to eat. Um, is this from... Oh, I, um, another, I guess... Um, uh, Hotel Hell? I have another guess. Hotel Hell? Oh, Todd got it. Hey. All right. What were we going to guess, Joe? I was going to guess Silence of the Lambs. You know what the frustrating thing is? I was going to watch Montel Hell uh, instead of The Hitcher, but because we were doing the episode, I'm like, oh, look, I'll watch The Hitcher, it. and tomorrow I'll watch Motel Hell. <laughs> have, you, have you seen it before, Steve? Uh, I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. I think I'm confusing it with something else. So It's a weird one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's 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 on leaving soon on Tubi, and that always that always like puts me in panic mode. So I gotta I, watch all this. Yeah, so I got that and like invasion of the body snatchers and a bunch of stuff. To, that's how I, that's why I watch all the species. So the they all leave tonight. So oh, they do. I had them on my watch list to rewatch them. I guess I won't. Yeah, but sometimes they renew, even if they say that. So all right, Todd. I think it's you. Um. Okay, Kayla. How many people die in the original John Carpenter's The Fog? How many kills do we have in The Fog? Is it closest to or? Sammy. Oh. On the money. Yeah. Six. Ooh, I was going to say five, but then I was about something to say eight. came <laughs> over me. <laughs> All right. Still from Kayla. Kayla. What was the original title? For the stranger is going to be. Oh. Dig deep, Sammer. You were home. No. I was gonna say because you were home. No. No. Because you were home. That's not a reason. <laughs> um, God, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know this one. Okay, I'll give is you like a, a white. I'll give you a small hint. A neighborhood killer. Uh, it's it's in <laughs> reference to the killers. In the movie, 
Oh. Um, bag baghead killer. Oh. Is this something like we should know? Like it's wide, I, widely known. I, I didn't. So. The the masked killers. <laughs> Sam, you want to guess or? Um, the three killers. So it was actually. They're at the door. It was going to be called the faces. Fate. Nah. That's a terrible yeah. name. Yeah. Let's not go with that one. That's why I didn't pick it. <laughs> All right, Joe. All right. Oh, I thought my it was turn. my turn. Alrighty. All right, Steve might get a little up on this one because he probably heard it during the interview. <laughs> but... <Gee>, collusion. <laughs> but this one. Trivia you know, gate. I, I think I know the answer before he asked the question. Oh, so. boy. That's Here not fair. <laughs> <laughs> if he gets it right, me and Sam both get two points. So think. Yeah. Good. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> All right, well, Steve, probably. All right, you know what? I'm. Just, I'll just gonna not go with that. Uh, what, what was the answer, Leprechaun? <laughs> no. Okay, so oh. I don't know then. Ask it then. Okay. Well, you guys all might get this because it is pretty, you know, famous thing. Is it the thirty-seven uh, how stings? Many, how many times was Tony Todd? Don't ask done? that question. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it says twenty. Well, he, he says, says twenty-seven. 20, he says 23, 25, after five, who's counting? That's his exact quote <laughs> in the interview. I just, I just like edited it two hours ago. So. Collusion. All right, we won't go with that one. All right, yeah, let me go with that Okay, all right. Joe Original. What is the name of the, no, this is a Kayla question. Uh, what is the name of the Invisible Man in the 2020 Invisible Man film? Oh, oh. names, forget it. Link. Uh, <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Tony. Uh, Mark. Uh, Tyler. Jack. Travis. We're all so bad with, with names. Yeah. Bobby Joe. Steve. <laughs> Roger. Jason. No, his name. Ooh, Caleb. <laughs> Adrian Griffin. Oh, Adrian. Crazy, I know. <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> Don't send us name questions, please. All righty. Ready? Do it. Yes. What was the name of the main character played by Linda Blair in the horror flick Hell Night? I just fucking Um, watched this. I watched that about a year ago, too. (laughs) I liked it. Sandy? It's pretty good. It's cool. It's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Who'd you say, Steve? Sandy, but I'm just taking a wild Sandy, guess. Sandy, <laughs> can't you see? Linda. I'm in misery. No? No one's going to come with me? And <laughs> I wanted Greece? to, but I couldn't I couldn't think of the next <sighs> All right. Um, why do I? Why do I? Oh, why? <laughs> you left me. <laughs> come on, come on. All right. Um, oh, Sandy. Did someone already say Linda? Yeah, I did. All right. Blair. Nope. Everyone guessed, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The answer was Marty. Marty, Marty McFly. Farty Marty. How's your name my son, Marty? And then my wife's like, yeah, but it'll be nicknamed Farty Marty. I'm like, oh. Oh, no. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Okay. Oh, <laughs> here's a name. Here's a name. Name question. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> what is the last name of the family in Get Out? Get out. What is the last name in the family oh, and get out? Uh, <laughs> the Armitages. Yes. Good job, Joe. Joseph. Wow. All Ar- right. Arm- Armitages something. Yeah. Armitage. I'm glad you can pronounce it because I can't. <laughs> <That> sounds right. 
Steve Original. Oh. In Night of the Living Dead remake. Ooh. What is the name that's written on the house? God damn it. Uh, you, see, it you see it prominently quite a few times. Stevenson. Milson. No. No. You, you know, I saw Fine. it, but I couldn't read it when I went by it a couple times. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Todd, you want to picture it? Yes. Like, I'm, I'm trying to picture it in my mind. Um, so Uncle Reed's house. Mm-hmm. Tavini. <laughs> no. I don't think it's Romero. That's too cute. It's not Romero. You would have noticed yeah. if it was Romero, too. Yeah. Damn, I should have taken notes. I stopped That's taking like, notes because we haven't watched cute. anything. It would have been too cute. Romero's house. You guys give up? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Celeste for the Mary Celeste. Mar- M. Celeste. It's from the Mary Celeste, the infamous ghost ship. I wonder if it's on the back of this Blu ray. Mama Celeste. Great one. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I remember because I listened to the uh, audio commentary with Tom Savini and he talked about uh, I did I did not I didn't watch the audio commentary this time but I've had in the past it's good commentary it is yeah he gives good insight and uh, he does mm-hmm. still want that unrated cut oh my god I yeah, need it I do all right Joe all right last one match the quote to the movie yeah. and I will say I'll give you a hint before we get started this has come out within the past 10 years Okay. Oh, thank you. Okay. And there's a down to yeah. 3,000. All right, you ready? <laughs> yep. Stories hurt. Stories heal. If we repeat them often enough, they become real. They have that power. They make us who we are. That sounds familiar. Scary stories. Sam, you Very got nice. it. Very good, Sam. I could hear her voice say <laughs> it. Very good. All right, Sam. Last question. All righty. Last question. Who's going to get the point? All righty. The town that dreaded sundown is based on the Texarkana. How do you say that? Texarkana. Texarkana. Is based on the Texarkana Moonlight. (laughs) What did you talk? I said it's a cool town. Been there. All right. Um, Based on the Texarkana Moonlight murders that took place in what year? 78. That would be night. It'd be 1940, Six. sorry, 1946 or 1945. Oh, one of those. It is. What? Okay. <laughs> what did you say, Joe? <laughs> sorry. I said 1956. And Steve said what? Uh, wrong. So don't worry about it. I'm thinking Todd, of the movie date year. Not Todd before. got it. 1946. Nice. It's a good movie, man. Both, both of them. Remake's badass, though. So. Oh, yeah. I love the remake. When we went there, um, <laughs> this random old guy came up to us i'm like this is probably the fucking phantom yeah he's a little old man i'm like i can take him he's the phantom killer never caught him <laughs> um okay that concludes tonight uh twos across the board except for joseph he got the one that brings us joe still in the lead with 10 sam nine myself eight steve seven and concludes anyone's game four. anyone's game tight race tight race mm-hmm. yes all right you guys want to do uh Candyman first or night Candyman's fine all right, straight from the back of the Blu-ray. When Helen Lyle hears about Candyman, a slave spirit with a hook hand who is said to haunt a notorious housing project, she thinks she has new twist for her thesis. Braving the gang-ridden territory to visit the site, Helen arrogantly assumes Candyman can't really exist until he appears, igniting a string of terrifying grisly slayings. slayings. But the police don't believe in monsters and charge Helen with the crimes. And uh, the only one who can end, 
who can set her free is Candyman. Yeah, so this one stars Miss Virginia Madsen, who's like a college student. I think she's like an undergrad, right? She's about to graduate. She's sleeping with her professor, who's a creep. Don't like him at all. Um, she's super gorgeous, so she has her friend, and they decide to start doing a thing on uh, Urban Legends, right? So they hear about Candyman from a local cleaning lady at the college, and they decide to go to Caprini Greens and explore, like, the legend and see what's happening. Um, so she goes there, and, you know, just crazy shit starts happening. And I'll just leave it at that because there's a lot to be discussed about this film. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that's good enough for you guys, and you guys can take over. Is she sleeping with him, or I thought it, that was her husband? That's her husband. Yeah. Okay. You used to make it sound like a little fling. So then when we find out that he's cheating, (laughs) it's not that serious. That's what you're wanting us to think. You know what? He's a creeper. Okay. Level 1000 creeper. And he takes advantage of his college students. So fuck him. Balden motherfucker. No offense to anyone who's there, but he's a creep. (laughs) And the pink room is atrocious. That's a terrible color. That she lets paint his house. A little girl's room. Yeah. And he's stupid and walking dead too. He gets, oh, he, he, he gets his comeuppance in uh, Terminator 2. So, fuck that guy. Oh, he's a stepdad. Yeah, he is. He is. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Your stepparents are dead. <laughs> fuck him. He's a piece of shit. And he leaves her in jail, too. All right. We'll get to there, I guess. Uh, all right. I'll start off. I My main issue with this movie, and I'll get to the unlikes later, but she's so naive to go to this, this, this place. You know, re- regardless of your intentions, I just like. I feel so uneasy, uneasy for her going into that situation and because she doesn't like take anything seriously. And that's why it's hard for me to root for her in the beginning here because I'm like, what are you doing? Like, if you're going to explore at least like, I don't know, do, do things correctly. And the little boy, he's a lovable little character. And his ending, it's just like, it starts off wrong with me because I can't root for Helen in this. But I do understand that she needs to get to that point so we can get to where the movie's going. My favorite scene though, which imprinted me, uh, when I was a kid, it was when she walks through the um, the tunnel thing, and you have the painting with the, with the face and the mouth open and shit. That is an excellent, like visual. Oh, Candyman! What what to say? This movie came out at an interesting time in horror. Uh, it was the end of the slasher era, basically, that ended in the '80s, and you know, it was kind of a few years of kind of meandering not knowing what was going to happen and then Candyman comes along and kind of like revived horror a little bit in the 90s um i forget where this place in our best of the decade list was it number one or was it it, it wasn't number, number one that's three? for sure okay. number Scream one was, was one that's right yeah, yeah. i think top it was two or three yeah, yeah easily yeah a top five no doubt um so yeah, I mean, I've always like this. This has always been just a, a beloved movie for me when I was a kid because it was a cool slasher movie. Like you know, Candyman's all scary. He's a slasher and stuff. But then you watch it as an adult, and it's even better. Like because it it dealt it deals with like a lot of um, you know social issues and whatnot. But it's like it does it masterfully. Um, and then you add in the beautiful score um, that's just it's its own character in this the score is just amazing in this and then the fact that they actually filmed at the actual cabrini green projects which were considered one of the most dangerous places in america um they they basically had to pay gangs to not like interfere with the uh the production which is like amazing i mean yeah i mean that takes some balls to like go there and actually film there uh virginia matson in this movie it just this might be like one of her best roles she's ever done. She's fantastic in this. 
I mean, this really, this movie is just all about her and Candyman. Like, it's it's really just like a gothic um, love story in a lot of ways. Um, I never read the, I don't know, and I don't know if you guys did, the original um, Barker thing this is based on. I, I heard that it was changed quite a bit, um, so I really can't speak on that. But um, I know Barker was involved heavily um, in the production of this one. Uh, and to me, this is probably Barker's like best, um, like thing he like movie adaptation anyway. I know Hellraiser is beloved by many, but this one just connects with me more. Yeah. And I have a lot more to say, but I'll let someone else go. <laughs> um, so Candyman, this movie is so good. And I remember I've told the story, I feel like a lot on the podcast, but the first time I saw this movie was when I was a little kid. I would stay the night over at my friend's house all the time and they would just repeat play VHS tapes. It was either Candyman or the Leprechaun. And so I would wake up in the middle of the night and Candyman would be playing. And then it's like, it's so dark in the house that let me just pop it back in to restart it so I can use the light from the TV. I'm just always so terrified of this movie. It still holds up to this day very well, I think. Um, I think the acting's great. I like the story. Uh, Candyman is just really, really terrifying if I'm being honest. One thing I was kind of wondering about is why was Helen acting like she knew more about the projects than her friend? Like she just, I don't know. I thought it was, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like she was trying to calm her friend down as if she didn't know anything that was going on in the world. I thought that was That's my interesting. Issue, it's I, like, don't be the I white savior, Helen. Yeah, she's so naive and she puts herself in the situation and thinks she knows better than more experienced people. And I'm like, I, that's my main issue well, in my review I mean, of Letterboxd. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, some would say that that is how people are, you know, how white people are. They think that they know. So I guess I could see maybe why they had her be like that. Um, but yeah, I agree with Joe. The score is lovely. Um, I don't really have much to add right now. Um, so I watched this last summer, right before we did the 90s episode. And uh, I like I liked it, obviously, you know, I'd seen it before. And I gave it like a certain score on, um, you know, Letterboxd. So but two things have changed since I reviewed it since I watched it last summer. One, I've now seen the rest of the series again. Uh, so I watched all the sequels. And, you know, of course, uh, Nita Costa's Candyman. And two, I started watching a lot of urban explorers on uh, YouTube. And for some reason, a combination of those two things made me appreciate this movie a lot more on this watch than I did last summer. Um, there's a lot to love about this movie. First, uh, like you guys said, the, the score is so good. Like it's so haunting and it sets the mood perfectly for this film. And it's absolutely amazing. But on top of that, the cinematography in this movie is so damn good and even some shots that a lot of people would kind of overlook I, I thought were fantastic like for example when uh, Helen is walking to like the outdoor bathroom uh, where she eventually gets attacked just how showing Cabrini Green and how bad that area is with having like Chicago in the backdrop with all the super rich buildings is just such a interesting contrast that's you know true to real life how you can be so close to wealth 
but yet be so far removed from it. And they play it so well in the cinematography. And also bringing in the lore, like Todd said, with the imagery in um, you know, Candyman's lair and inside the apartments in Cabrini Green. Uh, it's just fantastic the way this movie was shot. Uh, I like when they go into the overhead shots, you know, above the city and above certain locations. You know, now we see that a lot. But back then, that must have been a huge pain to do. Like, people don't have, you know, didn't have drones back then. Uh, so seeing that shot is just super impressive. Uh, the acting is fantastic, I think, I think throughout. Just really, really well acted. Uh, something Joe touched on is how this movie handles social issues. It tackles the social issues head on without doing it like overload. You know, like some movies, they really try to push the social issues. This one, it just it's just there. And you notice it, but they do it in a way that's subtle and not in your face. And I really, really like that about this one. That's something I wish uh, Candyman, you know, 2021 had done more of is kind of do the same thing. And it's just interesting with the contrast of the two buildings, how the apartment has the same layout, you know, one in Cabrini Greens and then Helen's apartment has the exact same layout, but you see how one space can look so differently when you have a different situation on your hand. This movie is fucking fantastic. And I appreciate it a lot more and what I was saying about the urban exploring that's how I felt Helen was she was kind of like a modern like a almost like a youtuber like I see these people all the time go into these dangerous situations and these abandoned places or these like uh, places like this and they don't care really what's how badly their life can be in danger for whatever reason whether it's people or wildlife or building destroying itself people just do it because their curiosity gets the best of each other and you know, now people do it for their YouTube channels and for views where she was doing it to get published. So I totally buy what she's doing. And that's why I, I mentioned it. And I think that really helped my understanding of her character and my appreciation for this film. There's something well said, very well said, Steve. There, there's something like utterly terrifying thinking that there's like a hatch, like a tunnel to another apartment that you can just easily pop off. That's like, it's you know what? I'm sure shit thing. like that happens everywhere. Absolutely. Without yeah. people knowing. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. we're so close. When when I lived in an apartment, I remember uh, my neighbor used to yell at us because <laughs> her, our shower was next to her bedroom. So if we took a shower past like 11, she'd like bang on the wall. But we're banging in here. <laughs> my, my room w- was next to where she kept her answering machine and I could hear all her messages and it was fucked up. Uh, you know, so I'm sure there are situations where you have access to the building or the room next to you and who knows what the fuck's going on there yeah no that's just like a small touch but something that's like inherently scary um i mean tony todd's not in it a lot and he comes in late but he just i mean he's tony todd i mean, we, I mean what else am i say he's fucking great in it uh virginia madison's awesome um and the the kill too with i'm sorry is it the doctor is it a cop where she's chained up and candy man fucking annihilates him uh, he's, a lawyer. he's kind of a lawyer or something right is he a social worker or something social like that worker, yeah, something what he, was. Like that. Yeah. But he gets fucking like totally creamed it's just like everything she started like she started the movie with good intentions and then it's like one of the it's like a drag me to hell like it's a good character and she just gets fucked the entire movie you know um from her from her husband to like her fucking career to like being wanted for murder and then what what happens at the end yeah this is just one of the it, I, it's like a trifecta of movies that are loved by a lot of people that just don't grab me for whatever reason and it's the group is um Candyman, Phantasm, and Hellraiser. For whatever reason those three movies that are like mostly loved by a lot of people 
don't really do it for me. But this one is like the best of those three, in my opinion. Don't have a lot of things that I can just like pinpoint why I don't like it. It's just like not not that I don't like it. Why I don't like it as much as a lot of people do. Um, but overall, it's still still solid. It's just not my favorite, like a lot. Yeah, I mean, man, yeah, Helen, Helen, like that's like this. I think a plot point you don't really see coming either. Like when Candyman finally, well, honestly, the Candyman reveal like his first time ever like in the parking garage is just amazing in and of itself like a character especially in like in the daytime and light and he's still Mm -hmm. like scary in that moment but kind of like hauntingly beautiful at the same time like you can feel like that sort of like pulling uh like an attraction between uh helen and Candyman. um which apparently they actually i was reading this on imdb which i never knew about but apparently they like hypnotized virginia matson a few times during the production and like it freaked her out so she's like let's not do that anymore so there are a few times that uh when she was like in a sort of daze that was like actual like hypnosis that they were putting her under which i found to be super interesting Uh, but man like when he like puts her in that situation where she wakes up and like there's just that massacre like with the dog's head and shit it's like so like you're like what the fuck is going on like and it's just so like jarring and you're like whoa like i just never saw that coming like um like in a million years and man i I just love that scene so much and you know like and then like man like then you get to that bonfire scene at the end with like candy man like holding her and shit it's just like man there's just like so many like memorable scenes like in this entire movie um and yeah, I mean, I, I fucking, I fucking love this. And then you get to the ending, and like Helen kind of takes over in that candy as candy in that Candyman role. It's just like such cool imagery with like the lights flashing, and it's so fucking scary. And yeah, I mean, I love this movie. Yeah, I, I did have a few issues with it, uh, but they're pretty nitpicky, uh, if you ask me. And that's why it'll be reflected in my score. Like, it doesn't hurt the movie that much. But uh, Bernadette, that's um, Helen's friend. God, when she was dead, she looked like a fucking Dawn of the Dead, like original zombie. She was like blue. It was so yeah, fucking weird. Yeah, we noticed that. <laughs> like, damn, like fire that makeup artist on that movie. <laughs> um, similarly, I also noticed that when they're trying to sedate uh, Helen, the person putting in the needle it was so obviously a fake needle that was like bendy because she completely fucks it up like i kept seeing these little things but that's all nitpicks and nothing too important but my biggest issue with the film i think is that there are times in the film and i've seen this film probably three four times at this point where i'm like confused as to the timing like where where is she is, is it a dream and then it, and then maybe that's done on like by design but as a if you're a first time watcher you'll be completely confused as to what the fuck's going on uh it's so jarring some of the edits like where she's going from one place to completely somewhere else and then they're like well a month has passed and you're like what the fuck like what happened in that month and so there's some stuff that i think maybe could have been either explained better or paced differently um so that's really my nitpicks with this but uh, yeah tony todd man so good and boy, does Candyman know how to make an entrance and an exit. Like he's fucking Mission Impossibling from the top of the roof into onto her. He's like pushing himself out of a window and coming from under the desk. God, it's so funny. Like all the different ways that Candyman just appears out of nowhere. I thought that was really cool. And we got to talk about the bees. Like that's crazy that Tony Todd did that practically because there's no way no way now in 2022 anyone ever do that and it would look like shit in cgi but 
the fact that he sat through there and had him in his mouth and on his face and shit. And Nicholas Cage did it. Nicholas Cage did it. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> not that. <laughs> Not the bees. I think they're CGI though. Yeah, no, they're totally CGI. You can totally tell. The bees. Uh, yeah, it's just God. This movie's awesome, and Tony's amazing in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think my favorite uh, Tony appearance is when he's hovering over Helen when she's in the hospital uh, bed, like uh, t- uh, tie down or whatever. It's just like so cool. Like him hovering over her. It's just like so creepy, and yeah, and for like you know like quote-unquote slasher uh movie like there's not like a whole hell of a lot of like um super violent scenes really just that one um scene where he takes out the uh social worker there or whatever but other than that there's not much gore in here at all like i I don't know like i i feel like i wouldn't even call this like a slasher film i feel like it's kind of uh, elevated above yeah i guess so like uh folklore or yeah urban legends type yeah Mm-hmm. It's very folky for sure. Did you guys watch yeah. the unrated version or the regular version? I think just the regular. Because okay, I, I noticed a lot more gore this time. <laughs> it's the first time okay. I, I pulled out my I was going to say, Blu-ray. I feel like it is pretty gory. Yeah, there are parts where he's like ripping people from the inside yeah. and up. And like, yeah. Yeah, the, the way her husband but, dies. Uh, yeah. You know, there's the dog. I mean, you don't see that it is happen, true. But yeah. There's the a lot dog of blood. Really, yeah. Is, uh, the husband death is pretty fucking gory yeah <laughs> yeah and i, I just got to mention this just because it i don't know like you know gratuitous nudity she's not naked but did did the girl at the end really need to not have a bra and like totally see her uh her yes. nips oh her, yeah like, was it was that really necessary <laughs> by the production yes it was um, yeah <laughs> I thought that there's was. a good commentary on, there's a good commentary on this i want to listen to it's got tony todd madsen rose stacked and it's new with the screen factory mm-hmm. release so that'd be a good one yeah i have the same one so it's uh yeah i'll definitely check it out read it I'll, I'll start first so we can you guys can end on a high note um still a very enjoyable movie with an awesome score that score just hits hard and it fucking stays there tony todd's amazing virgin mads is hottest oh my gosh beautiful um a good gore and a good story just something misses for me so i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love this one. Uh, interestingly enough, actually, we just watched this a couple of days ago with friends who aren't really like big horror fans or anything, and they enjoyed it too. So I think this is something even horror fans um, will even enjoy. Or non-horror fans, I mean, will not will enjoy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love this movie. It's a classic. I think I've liked, I've grown to like it even more uh, the older I've gotten. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm giving this a nine. And I right up there with joe i'm gonna give it a 9.3 uh, this summer i gave it an eight and on this rewatch i'm giving it a 9.5 like i really i don't know what it was but i really saw the brilliance of it this this see-through versus the other one so yeah i'm uh i really loved it this time and really got to appreciate it on a whole different level just yeah it's, it's awesome so 9.5 all right, Night of Living Dead, 1990, directed by Tom Savini, who did the makeup effects work on a lot of the Romero's early films. Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, what are you going to do? No, he did, did, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, this movie is a remake of 1968 classic by George Romero, and it revolves around a group of people, survivors, trying to hold up in the zombie apocalypse in a farmhouse. They're surrounded by the living dead, and they have a bunch of inner turmoil inside where they're constantly bickering back and forth. So 
this remake starts off just like the original where you have um, Barbara and her brother going to visit their mother who is in the cemetery, pay their respects. Johnny's fucking bitching the entire way. In this one, I'm like, Johnny, sh- just, just shut up, Johnny, you little prick. Just go there, give your flowers, say rest in peace and leave. You don't have to fucking badger your sister the whole time, Bill Mosley. Um, but anyway, they get there and immediately are attacked by zombies. Uh, Johnny is killed right off the bat, broken neck, very good effect. Um, and then uh, Patricia Tallman's character, Barbara, runs to a farmhouse where she gets attacked by zombies once again. And then our hero, Tony Todd, who plays Ben, um, comes in and saves the day and starts organizing a resistance. They chill out in the house and eventually people that were hiding in the basement come up. One of them's Cooper. We got Tom. We got, uh, wow, what's the girlfriend's name? Mary. Judy Rose. What is it? Sorry. Judy Rose. Judy Rose, not Mary Rose. Judy Rose. You got Karen, a little girl, and blah, blah, blah. They immediately start fighting because Cooper's like, let's get the, let's get back in the bit in the cellar. It's safe down there. And Ben's like, no, nah, we're staying up here. And the barber's like, why don't we just leave? The zombies walk like two miles per hour. We can get around them. Ben's like, no, shut up. Um, and that's where we're at. We're the entire movie. Um, they're either arguing with each other, um, shooting zombies off, boarding up windows until the climax where the zombie, they're trying to get away in the truck and we'll leave it at that. Um, Steve, you go. Since this got you into horror. Yeah, I'm super excited. So yeah, uh, this is the movie I personally credit as the one that like started the spark for my love for horror. Uh, so I watched it as a kid with my dad, and it scared the shit out of me because my grandparents' house looked exactly like that, and it had a cemetery at about the same distance. And the thought that I could get attacked by zombies from that cemetery terrified me and the scene that did me in and i'll never forget it i even told tom savini this was so at the beginning of the film when johnny and barbara are going to their mother's grave there's a picture of their mother on the tombstone and they deliberately show that picture for a reason i thought at the time and later in the film when the zombies first start attacking at night uh, there's a shot of an old lady that turns towards the camera and then turns back towards the house and i thought for sure that that was um that their mother at the time I was, I was a kid right and to me that terrified me as a kid because i thought shit she's buried and she's coming out that means that could happen in real life so it scared me so bad that i i like couldn't sleep in my own bed for like three months but what happens when i'm scared of stuff is i start getting interested in it and when i became a teen uh it was playing on french television at midnight so I grabbed a VHS and I recorded it, but there were commercials and I, I would like pause during the commercials and then like record again. So I wouldn't have commercials on my thing. But for the first five years of me watching it, it was, it was in French because that was the only version I had. So I knew this movie more in French than I did in English for a long time until I got the VHS in like college. So I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie and that's going to reflect on my score because if I'm looking at objectively, I think there'd be a different score than how I feel about it, you know, with my nostalgic glasses. But I love this film. I love the isolation. I love the characters. I love the zombies. And I just like these smaller zombie stories. You know, a lot of the zombie films are so big. There's these big, like, you know, world ending explosions and all this stuff. And that's what I liked about George Romero's stories, you know. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, you know, a lot of it is just them in the mall. And that's my favorite part of the Dawn is just, them hanging out and it was like it's like that in this it's a very intimate story and that's why i love so much about it and i have a bunch of notes but that's basically my overview of the film for me any first time watchers Uh, yeah i think sam 
yeah, this was my first time watch. And I told Jill, I was like, I have a horror confession. I don't think I've seen the original. I know you're gasping. So going into this movie, I was like, all right, well, it's a remake. Although I always end up liking the remakes. I know that the original is very well adored by horror fans everywhere. So I was like, it'll probably be meh, but it also has Tony Todd. So I am interested. And I got to say, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, Tony Todd's performance was amazing. Like I, this is going to sound really weird, but his performance like almost put me in a trance, if that makes sense. I felt like I was an actor on set watching him act, you know, like you always hear interviews of people saying like, when you're acting with this person, they're so good that you kind of just freeze and stop and watch them. Like I only cared about his character. I wanted to see how he was going to handle every situation. And I kind of used like the lens of behind the camera with this one just because his acting was so good like I really believed him as Ben I felt like it was so professional and just very smooth if that makes sense um the character of Barbara she got on my nerves a little bit but she comes around eventually and then of course the dad remind me of his name Cooper Cooper Harry Cooper yeah what a bitch um but yeah I really liked it you know I was surprised at how well the zombies looked because I figured, I don't know, what was the movie that we reviewed recently where the zombies were blue? On the dead? Yes. Um, But I really liked it. And going to Steve's point where it's very isolated, like I know sometimes that can be boring for some viewers, but I really liked that. I mean, you even though there's some characters that aren't maybe the smartest, the brightest, you still are interested in finding out what's going to happen to everyone. So I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I hadn't seen this one since high school. Um, so this one was like almost a pretty fresh watch to me. Um, I, I like have big nostalgia though for the cover art of this one, like the original cover art. Like I just remember it like very prominently, like, yeah, like the VHS, uh, it was just like, yeah, it just like, I love, like, it just stood out to me, like when I would go to the, the video store and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I was very excited uh, to rewatch this one. And overall, I, I, this, I enjoyed it. Like, I definitely think it's solid. I have like minor issues with it. Um, but yeah, overall, it's, it's a good watch. Uh, I like the zombies in this just feel real to me. Like, um, they're not like over the top or anything like that. Like I love Savini's makeup work. He does, which I'm assuming Savini did most of the makeup work in this as well as directing it. Um, but just like, you know, like it's very, all very subtle for the most part. Um, but scary at the same time. Uh, I mean, Tony Todd is definitely the character you're rooting for in this entire movie. Uh, his character Ben is definitely the best uh I, I like tallman patricia tallman's character as uh, barbara as barbara as well um i thought she kind of becomes like sort of the badass like a the badass kind of like a heroine type in this one um which i, I dug um th- I, I didn't love the changes though um as much um which i'm sure we can get into when we get into more in depth but that would be my biggest problem with the movie but overall i enjoyed it uh yeah i love this one um you know i big obviously big zombie fan i'm a big fan of the original this one takes some issues that i have with the original and improves upon it one being barbara is just useless in the original absolutely doesn't do anything so you might not like it sam for that reason she just literally cries the whole time um but this one she starts off kind of like 
Barbara, like he's asking you one question, like answer him, like, holy shit. Yeah, just take a deep breath, girl. Seriously, she's just like, <laughs> um, but no, that she starts off worthless and then becomes totally badass, totally cool. Um, and she turns in like to, to Ben's right-hand woman. So that's a, that's a good arc for her. Um, it's just like, so, it's so frustrating this movie in a good way because like Cooper and Ben constantly bickering. It's like, guys, like, at some point, Ben, you need to get over your pride and just be quiet. And then Cooper, he's not going to stop. Let him go in the fucking cellar. Who cares? But they literally have a shootout at the end when there's like everyone's dying around him. Zombies are getting in. They fucking decide to shoot at each other over anything else. I'm like, ah, whatever. Uh, but the zombies are amazing. And uh, listening to the commentary years ago, it's like you see all these like cool little things they were able to add in this movie behind the scenes stuff. Um, like one fun fact is when the car crashes, the manufacturer of that car paid them, right? Because it did a good job of over that tree. Um, Patricia, when she's running, uh, she steps behind a barrel and there's someone, there's their shoes waiting for her. So she steps in them. And when you know that you see her stepping into shoes, so like stuff like that. Bill Mosey's great as Johnny. Um, and then him coming back in the end is still freaking cool. He's a little annoying turd though. I do have nitpicks with it, but it's nothing that's going to like, stop it from being a great movie to me um yeah night living dead remake it's 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 pretty dope what are your what are your changes that you didn't like joe um well it's like small things i mean obviously like the ending is is different a little bit um i feel like ben like i don't know i just feel like ben's fate in the original was a lot more like impactful like the way he dies in the original whereas like in this one it's just kind of like you know, I don't know. It just isn't, it, it doesn't hit the same for me. Like, I didn't feel like as bad. Like, I was like, oh, Makes that's more sense too bad. This, like, in the remake, though. Because yeah, George I never intended so. it for it to be a race movie. Like, he just picked the better right. actor and he happened to be African American. So, him dying at the hands yeah. of the hunters wasn't like a racial thing, you know? So, no, yeah, yeah. But I think like that was like it more impact. I don't know. Like, I, I kind of liked that it was kind of like that because, like, that stuff, you know, like, I kind of liked that it was almost turned into like a social commentary uh, in the original. Um, I felt also I didn't love the, I think they could have did better with um, the girl, like the little girl in the basement. Aaron. She looks like far, she looks far too old in this one. Which it doesn't. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like they didn't want to pay, they didn't have the money to like pay a young child actor. So they're like, let's get someone who looks somewhat young, but is over 18. Um, so yeah, I don't, it didn't hit the same for me, uh, like as the original did with like, so yeah, I mean, other than that, those are like my two, uh, main issues with it. Um, yeah. I mean, but other than that, that, that everything else I enjoyed. There's one line that I hate the delivery on where Judy's like freaking out. And Tom's like, just do what I tell you. And he gives her a kiss. And it's so awkward kiss. I'm like, do they even know each other at all? And then him, uh, so who would, who would even think of shooting a fucking gas pump with a shotgun? I hope nobody. Like, let's not do that. Just killing himself and his girlfriend is like. Yeah, he doesn't seem like uh, the brightest person, God. though. <laughs> no, but like, you, all right, well. <laughs> In a moment of pure panic, I could see people doing it. Uh, okay. <laughs> that sucks. Well, he—I uh, mean, if to—I mean, you'd be like, "Oh, let me just shoot the lock." I mean, you probably didn't think he <laughs> next to the gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, Joe would do yeah. it. I wasn't gonna say earlier, but when Todd <laughs> asked if Joe had a gun, I, I was like, "This boy that. bites his tongue when just chewing a piece of gum," and he says, "Ow, I just bit my tongue." <laughs> gonna get that thing out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, shoot, lost my train of thought. Um, I don't know, else. Uh, I got some uh, some issues as well uh, with the film. First, I think the zombies act a little too conveniently. Uh, they're super slow when they need to be, and then all of a sudden a little faster when they need to be, and it's just like, all right, you know, uh, like some zombies are like right at the door, and it takes them fucking like hours to get to actually get to the door, you know. Uh, similarly fuck first the house they picked the house with the most windows ever and the zombies were strong when they needed to be but super weak when they you know it's so there's a lot of kind of you have to kind of just take it with a grain of salt uh, the way the zombies were in my opinion i find night falls really quickly like ben's like mid-conversation and all of a sudden it goes from day to night <laughs> like just like that you know uh so i thought maybe they could have eased into night a little bit better uh, so that's but that's all like little nitpicky things like that that I've uh, noticed on a rewatch. Um, there's a lot of stuff I love about it though. I love uh, in the first scene when the old guy is coming and then Johnny's kind of messing with him because in the original that's the first zombie, but this one they play on it where it's actually the driver of the hearse and then you know the the first zombie actually comes to attack. So I thought that was a really cool uh, turn. Uh, I love that fucking. Uh, zombie with the autopsy at the beginning too the one that's actually you know was in the in the casket and the reveal of him like just walking kind of normally and then his suit coming off because it's cut in the back like real bodies would have i love that and all the attention to detail i mean uh, tom savini and greg nicotero who also i think worked on the film as tom savini's assistant uh did a really great job because in the commentary they talk about it they took each zombie and thought okay how did this person die like what situation did this person die? So it makes the zombies more realistic. You know, it just gives them an added layer to them. So he can look at each and say, okay, this one, per- this one got bit. This one died because it got shot. This one died, you know, and that's, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, and it's funny. So I, I actually disagree with Joe with the end. I actually think the end is in a, in a way like more fitting for this one because it's all about, so the funny thing about the story is that Ben, who's kind of the hero of the story, is also kind of the one that leads to the downfall of everyone because all his ideas were wrong when you really look at it. Uh, he didn't want to go in the basement because he thought that was suicide. If he, they'd gone to the basement, they would have gotten saved. Uh, when Barbara tells him we could just walk past them and we could get help, he's like, no, we got to stay in the house. They could have done that. You know, she did it. They got saved. So when he gets shot and he goes into the basement, it's like, and he sees the gas key on the wall. It's like he, it's him realizing that he fucked up. He's the one who ultimately led to his own demise. And I kind of like that ending. Now, I think the ending of the original is more powerful for that time. But I think for 1990, this was the better ending. And I also love Barbara in this one. I think, like Todd said, the Barbara in the original is terrible like terrible she is just complete pointless character she's just there to like cry and moan the whole movie it's just not interesting at all so i like that they kind of teased her being the same way but then totally turned her and made her into a badass and i really like that turn of events so yeah i love this movie i also like how tony uh, or ben ben's character is actually like a really good guy too i know he makes a bunch of bad decisions in hindsight you know but in the moment like he takes the time to comfort Barbara instead of traditionally that character would be like, shut the fuck up, get out of here. He's like, gives her a hug, tries to calm her down. 
goes to town on those zombies and he has his outburst in the in the lawn which always makes me giggle damn you um yeah i mean just i kind of wanted more of the ending too like with the the, the hunters going around like I, I could have done a little bit more with those guys that group was interesting um but i like it kind of leads into dawn of the dead perfectly because you have the helicopter and they saw the the good old boys that they called in the movie hunting so it kind of leads it's nice little segue how brutal was it when we see uh g rose and um tom getting pulled out of the truck and eaten? yeah like they're all, all burnt burn. and shit oh my yeah. god like how to like twist the wound of the, the audience <laughs> that just had to see these cool characters die yeah. that was bad uh, what were your favorite zombie like what one zombie do you think was the best in this film uncle reach man <laughs> uncle reach is dope uncle Reed? yeah yeah plus that that actor was a police officer right and he had broken his ribs Yep. And, and you're still doing the stunts, yeah. yeah. Oh, Pretty cool. cool. Um, yeah, the one that sticks out to me is the one in the beginning. Steve already mentioned the one with uh, his uh, his cl- his the autopsy uh, clothes, like cut in the back. Yeah, the autopsy one. Yeah, that one was wasn't really that, cool. Wasn't that the movement coach, Steve? That yeah, actor? actually, it, it actually was. Yeah. What about you, Sam? What was your most memorable zombie? The one that was hanging in the tree and they were shooting at him and he just <laughs> jolting. Right. I no. felt bad for them. <laughs> I have a question. Okay, so this one, Night of the Liv- Living Zombies or Night yeah. of the Living Dead was first before the other oh. one or the other one was first? It goes Night, Dawn, and Day. Night, mm-hmm. So dawn, the original was day. 68 and then Dawn was 78 and then Day was 85. So they're okay. connected, but you got to like forgive the time gap. Yeah. Joe told me wrong. Of course I he didn't. didn't. He, he, didn't he question well, if it was horror last month? Too? Yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's <laughs> not horror? Again? I mean, he did say Candyman was in gore. <laughs> yeah. Wait, how did I? I don't remember. How did I say it was? How did I say it wrong? Because I thought you said day was before this one. You're like, no, like the zombies are already happening. Because I said, do they know that there's zombies? And you were said, yeah, because of day. And no, I said, I oh. I don't think I said that. Defensive. I like it. And just for the record, my favorite zombie was the one with the uh, doll. She's like, she's good. kind of blonde. Oh, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She's creepy, man. Ugh. And she does this sound like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, creepy. Yeah. I do like the opening zombie, though. He's good, too. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. a very He's good got zombie. like a slime to him. He does. Yeah. yeah. But do you think they really ate the mouse? No. I think the animal handlers would have been upset about that. Yep. <laughs> Rated? Um, I'm a nine, nine and a half, a ten on this one. Nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely lower than probably you guys. I don't know if it's maybe a nostalgia factor for you guys or whatever. But um, it didn't have any goats. Yeah. It didn't have any goats. I'm sorry. Uh, no, but I, I, I did still really enjoy this one. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, just the issues I had with it knocks it down a little bit for me, but uh, still definitely a good watch. I'm giving it a seven and a half. I'm going to give this one a nine. And I do have the nostalgia glasses and zombies, so I love zombies. Um, 9.5. Not quite perfect, nor at least, you know, a 10, but love it. Like, it's one of my favorite zombie movies of all time, so. Yeah, so yeah. many missed opportunities with gore, though. Yeah, And even Tom said they shot it, but Agreed. it was yeah, yeah, Tom, yeah, and for for those who don't know, Tom hates this movie. <laughs> like, don't don't ask oh, him really? about this movie. Oh, he hates this movie. Like, wow. uh, he he talks about it a lot what in a um, in Smoke and Mirrors, his documentary. 
and mm. how much he despises this movie for a bunch of reasons. It was just at a bad time in his life and studio mm. issues and they cut some stuff and he was just not happy and he still to this day doesn't like this movie. So I'm kind of surprised he did the 20 year anniversary then at Frightmare last year. He was like well, money talks, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. True. I don't think he had beef against the people though. It was more like Yeah, right. Yeah. But I think it was about I think he was getting divorced at that time. There, there was like a whole reason mm. for you know not liking this movie. Yeah. This is like really the only movie he directed too, right? Like, I think he did two this and like Children of the Dead or some weird fucking Children yeah. of the Dead. I think that a female directed that one. Was it? He he yeah. did something he, he stars like, in that one. Oh, is that what it yeah? No, that's it's garbage though. I think he's only directed one other thing. Yeah, I know he directed a couple creep show episodes. I think the television series, but did he do the makeup? Like all of the makeup on this one? Uh, with him, him directing and, it too. Him and Greg Nicotero, who's uh, the one who does it on The Walking Dead now. Um, and I think Walk- I still think Walking Dead's the best zombies anywhere. So he definitely learned some great shit. Uh, he, you know, he di- he directed a few things, but nothing. The theater, bizarre, and TV shows nope. and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dead Time Stories. I think that's the one I'm, I was thinking of. It's oh, Romero okay. too, isn't it? Yeah, it is Romero. Never seen it. Yeah, Anthology. It's good. Dead Time is Stories it? is fun. Yeah, it's a fun one. All right. Uh, so next week, we're doing a vote for Valentine's Day. Is that what we were doing? Yeah. I don't remember. I think so. Yeah, we all picked. I think we already all picked. Brian Chucky. Yeah, so Brian Chucky. Uh, Sam, what did you pick? Um, my pick is going to be Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. And Joe? Uh, and I'm picking the Love Witch because I've never seen it before, and I've heard good things. And I'm picking Return of the Living Dead Part Three. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. One people Plus, don't talk about enough. I think. I'm smoking out yep. that one. So keep an eye on our social medias, and we'll be posting the poll, or on our, and on our Discord as well, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. So another Valentine's Day special. Yep. Christmas. Was Warm Bodies last year? Yes. Got your way. <laughs> Yeah, got my way, and people <laughs> liked it, so I was happy. Yeah, it is just justice for Steve. <laughs> I'm never doing Jersey Shore, never. Yeah. All right. All right, guys, that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Check out our Discord. It's always a good time over there, and we'll see you next week. Bye. And stay tuned for Tony Todd. Well, now you yes. tell me if you feel like <laughs> it. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where today we are joined by a very special guest. He has been in the industry for over 30 years with over 200 acting credits to his name. Genre fans will know him best for his roles in 1990s Night of the Living Dead, the Final Destination franchise, the Hatchet franchise, and countless other horror films. But you will know him best for his role as the title character in the Candyman franchise. He is a true legend and icon of the horror genre. Please welcome Tony Todd. Tony, how you doing? Thank you so much for joining us today. What's up, guys? How we doing today? What a week in the divisional playoffs, man. Oh, my God. Oh, who's um, your team, Tony? Well, I followed Brady down to the Bucks, man. Yeah. yeah. New England fan. That fucking comeback. I said, what the fuck? <laughs> is, is this another Super Bowl moment down in Atlanta? And then to be failed by the offensive line. Jesus Christ. But anyway, all the games were tight close yeah it was yeah no it it was amazing definitely amazing 
so Tony, you're here to talk to us today about uh, one of your newest projects, which is Stoker Hills. So can you tell us how you got uh, involved in that and also uh, what the movie's about? Yeah, I got a uh, I got a great manager. We've been together 25 years, Jeff Goldberg. Uh, all the scripts come to him, and then he, the ones he likes, he airmarks and sends them to me. That's like how it came to my attention. Um, I was intrigued. Me was besides the new twist on the found footage. Um, I liked my character because it reflected the way I am in my real life. I've been doing more and more teaching lately, and. Uh, Right after I finished that film, I think I got my first teaching assignment. I've been to like four or five different colleges so far, and and I like that. I want to include that as part of my continuum. Mm -hmm. Just yeah, touching well, young minds and letting them mm -hmm. look at me and see me, know my work, and asking me questions that that are you know particular to their drive to what they want in life. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, what, yeah. So are you teaching, are you teaching acting or uh, other things as well? well uh, yeah, it's acting based, but it's all about mm -hmm. how to navigate. You know, there's so many acting programs in this country. Almost every major college has one. So let's say on any given year, we in most programs, about 20 people per class. So let's say I'm being, I'm under, but let's say there's a thousand trained people that arrive in New York, Hollywood, Chicago every year. Okay. Now the reality is that, uh, maybe 50 of them have a shot, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just how to help them navigate, how to be prepared when the opportunity comes, how to reset and, uh, you know, just be patient enough to wait. A lot of people I went to school with, I went to Trinity Rep Conservatory, got my master's in theater. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, and they were very talented people in my class, but most of them gave it two years and they gave up. And a lot of them called me once I started doing movies, saying, well, how'd you do it? And I said, uh, I didn't give up. Uh, I'm, you know, I love what I do. And it's no, it, just, it doesn't come with an expiration date on the battle. You know, you just got to keep readjusting, do your survival gigs, whatever you need to do, if you want it. If you don't want it, walk the fuck away. Okay? <laughs> That's the first thing I tell them. If you're not, if you're in this for the wrong reasons, you're in it incorrectly. So, right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I heard you mention that the movie was is, you know, obviously partially uh, found footage, um, mm -hmm. which obviously within the last 20 years has really become quite prevalent. Uh, you know, obviously, I would say the Blair Witch Project kind of jump started uh, that back up. Um, so w what are your thoughts on the found footage genre in general? And do you have a favorite one? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I was around and aware of what Blair Witch did when it came out. Mm -hmm. um, so I respect film. Um, yeah, you know, the found footage element didn't have much to do with my character in Stoker right. Hill. So mm -hmm. I didn't pay much attention to it. I just played mm -hmm. who the fuck I was, right? Yeah. Um, sure. and, and let the kids take over. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't seen the film yet, so I can't okay. see whether it works or doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. I trust the director. I trust the producers. I trust the company. And we'll see. Sure. Uh, now you, you get pitched. It? What was that? Have you seen it? Yes, yes, we both. Yeah, we both did. We, yep. And how was it? It was good. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Good. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, now you get pitched. I'm sure hundreds of horror movies a year. Um, is there anything specific? I'm not. I'm not a horror actor. Well, okay? right, right. Okay. So absolutely. Yes, I get some horror scripts and I get some other scripts and I get other opportunities. So. Right. So you get 
I'm sorry. Yeah, we're just a horror podcast, you know. So oh, I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But you, I mean, you. So you get pitched hundreds, hundreds of movies a year, I'm sure. Um, so you know, what speci- was there anything specifically that you know attracted you to this project in general? Yeah, because it reflected what I, what are the things I'm doing in my real life, which is teaching. Okay. That was the right, main, right. That was the thing. Not horror. Okay. He said he was a college professor, and whatever happens in the film takes off on his own. Sure. All right, Steve. I know you got some uh, questions for Tony. Steve, I do. Uh, one of my favorite films of all time in any genre is the Tom Savini's version of Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, what was your approach on taking on the iconic role of Ben uh, that Dwayne Jones had done also so brilliantly in uh, the 60s? And I thought your take was amazing. So how did you approach that role? Well, Dwayne Jones in 1967 was a very prominent, he was also a college professor, okay? And uh, I remember seeing the original Night of Living Dead at the drive-in theater and saying, oh my God, look at that. Because I knew I wanted to be an actor. I just wasn't sure financially or economically it was feasible as a Black man in America. And I said, look at him. And he's not, he's playing this role. Nobody's calling attention to the fact of what is racist. He's just a man doing a job. So that stuck in my head. And then I was in Pittsburgh and Boys Whitaker. And he's the one that brought up to me the fact that they were doing a remake. And strongly suggested it. I said, man, uh, he's, 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 he's tomorrow's the day off, Saturday, go over there. And I did. And, uh, and I ran to Tom Savini and I convinced him that I was the one for the role. And uh, just one time in my career that I ever used the Hutzpah or just, I knew that I was right for the role. Sometimes you just know it. And sometimes you know it and you don't get it. But in this case, I knew I was gonna walk out of there about having that role. And uh, Tom, of course, is the king of gore and makeup wise. And um, and I and I stepped into the shoes of uh, Mr. Jones, and this is fantastic. Right, it's great. And in the movie, there's a lot of great practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, as an actor, do you find that practical helps helps you a lot more compared to CGI, which a lot of films utilize today? Uh, practical is much better. I prefer practical like when we did Candyman we printed rose all those practicals I mean it's just it, it an audience member isn't stupid they can see what a CGI looks like when we did Candyman we had real bees okay in the first one real bees can mistake them yeah mm-hmm. um, and uh, you can't do that anymore unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah which you were stung yeah. what tw- 27 times I think is the uh going re- 23 times yeah after the first five what does it matter (laughs) right right (laughs) totally uh so i wanted to touch a little bit on on the newest candy man um which i mean i just thought was fantastic um did you feel yeah did did you feel like this was sort of a a passing of the torch to your character or do you think Um, that you'll return no i don't I think that, no, I mean, I know things that you don't know. So no, it's not a passing. Okay. I mean, the tagline in this new movie is Candyman's not a he, he's the whole damn high. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the original he is going away, does it? I mean, I'm just- No, I know, no. Right, so. no, I, 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 as, no, no, I mean, obviously the fans definitely do not want to see you go go away. So I yeah, mean, we're, we I, definitely I, want I, to see that character. Yeah, I wish I was able to do more in the production, but you know, I was sure. in South Africa, Jordan called me, explained what the situation was, and you know, if it's successful, which it was, you know, yeah. I think that'll open the door to 
for new worlds. Absolutely. Yeah, um, so, so- Ia DaCosta is a woman. It's an African-American woman taking a helm. Yep. So proud of her. Okay. And that job led to her doing this marvel. So, you know, you do a good job. And this is what I tell my students. You show up. Don't fuck up. Don't drink too much the night before. Don't get high. Show up. Right. And mm-hmm. give your best. And they will call you back and back and back and back. Yep. No, definitely. Um, so how did it feel like putting on that costume again? Because it, it had been a, a while. I mean, obviously, I know you do it at, at horror conventions and whatnot. But I mean, this was putting it on back again, um, you know, for you know, was, the character and for the movie. Yeah, it was, it was, dude, I've been carrying this character around for 30 years at different right. conventions, you know, keeping mm-hmm. him alive. Then uh, in the last three years, we started doing photo ops and stuff, keeping him alive. And finally, somebody listened. You know, Jordan had his opportunity. University, Universal opened up their books and said, you could choose any of our stuff to do. Right? And he went to Candyman. There's a very specific reason he did that. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a private reason, which I won't reveal here, but he just was, it was his driving force to the whole university. Mm-hmm. So. Now, I know after the, the third Candyman, obviously it, you know, this, this, the franchise kind of went away. Um, and I know, I'm sure you were, you were pitched a lot of different ideas and whatnot. And I'm sure there were some that came close. You know, was there one in particular maybe that was really close or an idea that you really liked that just didn't get off the ground? I wanted to put, I want, my idea was to transpose him to New England. I wanted him to be a college professor at all girls school with snowstorms flicking mm-hmm. around his coat. That was, that was all I had. Um, mm-hmm. One of the studios proposed Candyman Leprechaun thing, and I turned that down like in a day. Um, so, but here he is now, and uh, you know, it's, it's a fine line I have to juggle because I don't want to be for just one single role. You know, mm-hmm. and most people that know me from the theater, they know that that's my first love. So, uh, you know, you don't want to do too much, you know, but if if we do another Candyman in his current uh, state, uh, of course I'd participate. You know, mm-hmm. they pay very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the fans, more importantly, the fans love it. Yes. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I haven't been to a con. I'm trying to think, I've been to a con since it came out. I did Texas Fright Bear last year. Was that before? Mm-hmm. After? Uh, it was before. Mm-hmm. You did Rhode Island Comic Con, which was after. I did I Rhode Island Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, I was finally to let me in Rhode Island Comic Con. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was great to meet you there. Uh, Thank you. So, yeah, of course. I, I got to ask about uh, Leprechaun versus Candyman because you just brought it up. I just think that is a preposterous idea for that character. Like, what? Like, when they, the studio pitched that to you, like, did they give you a script or was it just a pitch? No, there was no script. It was just an idea. Yeah. I think uh, Freddie and Jason were in development. You know, they were just right. kind of normalized. But I, I love this character. I don't want to cheapen him. And all yeah, due respect right. to Warwick, uh, I just felt those two characters came from two different worlds and they didn't make any mm-hmm. sense. It was like using a shoehorn when a woman's yeah. got a size 14 foot because she was sitting <laughs> wearing a nine. Okay. <laughs> that is not the shoehorn, darling. <laughs> yeah well we're i think i can say for all horror fans like we are we are very glad that that did not uh you know take uh 
to happen. Man, I, <laughs> I love the horror fans. You guys yeah. are very specific, and your 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 dedication, and admiration is palpable. And speaking Thank for you. all people that may have been in the horror film, and I know a lot of them, we appreciate it. Well, thank you. We, we, and we appreciate you, Tony. Uh, just, just a couple more for you before we let you go. Um, another franchise that you were very prevalent in is obviously the Final Destination franchise, mm-hmm. which they had just announced recently. Will be, mm-hmm. uh, they'll be getting a sort of reboot of some yeah. sorts. Um, yeah. Has it? Has there? Have they reached out to you at all, or can you say well, possibly if you well, might return? Well, to reach out to me. I mean, it's part of public law. I'm not worried about it. If they do it, mm-hmm. uh, either they'll use me or they don't. You know, what do you, you know, they use me or they don't. Okay. Or do I and, look uh, like a warrior, though? <laughs> no, definitely not. But, you know, the, we we as fans would love to see you back uh, in that yeah, franchise. We I, hope I, to see you. If they, you know, they do the right thing, they'll have me back. You know, ask mm-hmm. Jeffrey Reddick. I, I don't know. That's, uh, what's his face? And, uh, okay. Never mind. All right. No, no problem. Uh, and my, uh, my final question, just, just a fun one. Uh, so obviously you've been in countless movies and I'm sure, you know, throughout the years, certain things may have left the, uh, the studio and whatnot with you. Um, is there like a favorite item or prop that, that you own from any of your movies? I have a lot of souvenirs. Uh, mm-hmm. The very first one I did platoon, I have my original staff for that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of Star Trek memorabilia. Very awesome. We won't tell. We won't tell. <laughs> and, um, uh, I had the original Candyman coat, but through machinations and stuff, it disappeared mysteriously uh, from the storage unit I was having. Mm. So somewhere out there is a guy walking around with a Candyman coat. Oh, girl. Oof. All right. Well, Tony, I, I got to say it's been just like an absolute pleasure and honor to have you on today uh yeah it was great seeing you at rhode island comic con for the first time that's fantastic (laughs) of course um before we uh let you go is there anything i mean obviously everyone go and check out stoker hills but is there anything Mm -hmm. else you got you got coming up in the works or anything else you'd like to promote nothing that i can announce other than playing venom in the new spider-man game that's right congratulations thank you but there's a bunch of stuff that's brewing so we'll see. By the end of the day, I should have some more news. And anybody wants to follow me, follow me at Tony Todd 54 on Twitter. Okay, awesome. Well, we're all very excited. I know you, I'm sure you got some big stuff coming up, so we cannot wait. Huge stuff. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. And we're all very excited for it. Thank you very that much, was, Tony. That, that was, was amazing, welcome, Tony. Guys. That was amazing. You're yeah. welcome. It was a Thank pleasure. You. Have a good one. It was a pleasure. Have a good, have a good work, one. Guys. Thank you.
What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Oh, no, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 